Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of the Games Are Fun podcast. Today's episode is our Death Stranding review cast. My name is Luke, I'm your host, and joining me is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? Uh, it's going really well, how about yourself? Doing good, I'm really, really excited for this episode, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, we, Me and Adam obviously gave our impressions of Death Stranding a week, roughly a week, or couple days after launch there a couple couple weeks ago um and we wanted to do a, a bigger full review so that's basically what this episode is going to be today we're going to take a deep dive into death stranding we're going to talk about all the things we liked about it didn't like about it talk about some of the gameplay mechanics uh the characters that kind of stuff and then talk about the story um we are going to go into spoiler territory today but that's going to be in the back half of the show so if you haven't had the chance to beat death stranding yet or maybe you haven't had the chance to pick it up and play it for yourself you'll still basically be able to listen to the first half of the show because we're not going to spoil anything uh we will give us a very clear spoiler warning as we transition into talking about the story and more of the spoilery type things that happen in the game and then if you want to know the exact time i'll list the timestamp in the show notes of when spoilers are going to be discussed so you can avoid them if you want but um yeah hang hang around for the first bit of the show um come back and listen to the last half if if you haven't beat death stranding and once you do beat it uh, always come back because we're also going to talk about near the end of the show our, our some of our favorite moments talk a little bit about Kojima maybe what he has planned next and then give a give a score and kind of summarize our review so a little different this is I think I did a Red Dead Redemption 2 kind of review episode last year if I'm not mistaken I th- actually I now that I think about it, I might have like recorded half of one and then never finished it and never uploaded <laughs> so that that's a possibility but for for the longest time i wanted to do more more specific game specific episodes and death stranding was one of those ones that i wanted to do it for because it was so exciting and it was great that you adam decided to pick it up and got mm-hmm. to do this review <laughs> with me so um yeah i guess we can before we jump into it just a reminder that the podcast normally airs every Tuesday. This last couple of weeks have been a little bit weird just because of recording schedules and stuff like that. Um, normally it airs on Tuesday on all the major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search for Games Are Fun and whatever podcast service you use. Next week we should hopefully be back to normal. It's hard to say, Adam, you, you're going, you have your Thanksgiving weekend coming up here. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure out a way to kind of get back onto Tuesdays. It's hard because you push the episodes further in the week and then there's less time for you to then record another episode and get back on onto Tuesday. So I'm not, I'm not too conservative, but uh, yeah, you can expect us to kind of get back onto that Tuesday within the next week or two, depending on what our schedules look like. So, um, all right, I guess we'll, we'll just kind of jump into this, this review, uh, so, first of all, I wanted to, before we even kind of talk about the game a little bit, give me just your, I guess, um, uh, 30 seconds to a minute of just your impression of Death Stranding and what you think of it as a whole, and then we can take a deeper dive into some of the things. So, did you like Death Stranding? If so, why? 
Yeah, uh, it was actually very, uh, the best word I could use to describe it is surprising mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't expect to like this game um, from when they showed the trailer at E3, did nothing for me, following E3s, did nothing for me. And then uh, this year they started showing some more stuff and I got more interested in it and then reviews came out and then I got less interested in it. <laughs> and, uh, then I just decided I needed to just try it for myself to see what it's all about give it a go. If I hate it, no big deal. Trade it in, do whatever. Um, and so I, I was like, I'll just try it for myself and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I actually ended up really liking it. And uh, the gameplay for me, obviously, I think is the biggest thing. Um, it, it's just a fun game uh, that is taken out of just like a mundane task of um, what, what did you call it last week? The FedEx simulator? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it takes something so mundane like that and, and made it fun. And uh, that was that was the big thing for me. The, the, there was a story there, but uh, for me, the gameplay was what really kept driving me to keep going. So, yeah, it, it's interesting you say that because I think when the reviews were coming out, so like the biggest criticisms were that gameplay loop of delivering packages and it kind of being boring. Um, but it, I think it had the opposite effect on a lot of people of people kind of finding that therapeutic in a way of just you know going into the game and not having something that's really fast and intense and you have to think really hard about, right? Just something that you can kind of enjoy playing at your own time. Um, and there was something, yeah, like you said, that fun about that, um, that resonated with some people, I guess it's for, for myself, I, I'm kind of surprised too, I guess is the, the best way to, to put it leading up to death Stranding's launch from when it was announced in 2016 to, playing it it was it was almost surreal that the day finally came right it was it was it was unlike any other game in the sense that the what we knew about the game was so so clouded and it was so mysterious we had no idea really what the game was and even after beating the game i've had to you know use the internet to to answer some of my (laughs) questions on some of the story and some of that those kinds of things but it's it's one of those things that that's kind of why I was interested is just I didn't necessarily know what to expect it looked like nothing else on the market it looked like something unique and original and it's I would say that it it did just that it is a game that is not like anything else I've ever played before and for me it's something that really resonated with me um that experience I really enjoyed every aspect of it. I, I, for one, did really like the story. There was a couple things that I didn't care for, um, had, had ta- I had issues with, I guess. But overall, I would say I enjoyed pretty much the entirety of the game. And I was worried I, I wasn't, wasn't going to, right? Because I didn't know what I was getting into. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, was, it was surprising. And I have to say, like, it, it's, it, I... Even today, like I still have this weird urge of kind of like going back and, and delivering packages, even though it's like <laughs> I got Star Wars to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Pokemon coming up here once I once I get that. And it's, it's weird, right, that you um, how something so simple just made an impact. So I guess where I want to go next is just kind of giving an introduction to the game and what it's all about, because like I said, there's a lot of people out there that I think, even after the game has been released, still don't really have a, a clear understanding of what Death Stranding is. They still see it as 
it's face like like we said a fedex simulator just somebody who delivers packages and that's basically the game that is the makes up the majority of it but there, there's a lot more going on um of course when we get to spoilers we can kind of pull those things apart a little bit more but um yeah so i guess so i'll just start off by just kind of setting the stage here of death stranding and again this is this is common knowledge by this point if you're listening to this review but basically my understanding of death stranding is death stranding is what is this cataclysmic event that um basically i don't uh, that's the hard thing is i don't necessarily know how this death stranding occurred i don't know if that was really made clear to you no not really and i i don't know if maybe it was made a little bit more clear in like the kind of like the lord mm-hmm. things that you'd like those little interviews interviews that you get. and emails yeah i didn't get through all of them so yeah. i don't know if there's something that explains it in more detail in there or not yeah, I, I think there's probably a, a more specific answer to, to how it all happened. But from my understanding is basically these like um, the BTs appearing in the the world or whatever of the living, right? It's that they're kind of the dead crossed over into the world of the living and with um them causing things like void outs i guess is what's kind of and void outs are these basically these big explosions that um create big craters in the world and i think that's kind of the this happening all across the country country is what kind of basically made people well killed a bunch of people from my understanding and then it also basically made people resort to underground shelters and it was basically a fallout right where uh society as as they knew it had been destroyed and um yeah they they had to basically i don't know like it's 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 again this this is the trouble with death stranding is (laughs) it's very hard to verbalize everything that's going on um so that i mean go ahead one of the things that I guess they, they kind of mentioned through the story and trying not to get to <laughs> spoiler yet. Cause I know that's coming, yeah. but the, the way it all started, I guess was, um, with the BBs. So the yeah, I guess, babies yeah. that you carry around, there were experiments being done. And from what I understand, I think the first, it, it was basically used for like weapons, uh, like military, like, um, I guess, destructive weapon uh, where they were trying to weaponize the afterlife, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the the BBs were, were that bridge, uh, BBs Bridge Baby. Yeah. And they sort of bridged the, the gap between life and death, I guess. Yeah. And that triggered the first void out um, during right. those experiments. And then it was just kind of a chain reaction from there because then BT started showing up mm-hmm. because that gap had been bridged. There was nothing separating, you know, uh, living and dead, I guess. And they could kind of hang on to the world in a uh, malicious manner and, um, you know, then take more lives that way and yeah. then t- creating more void outs and, you know, just kind of like a repeat um, scenario. So. Yeah, exactly. The, the void outs and stuff obviously um, were 
they, like they're huge. They they make these. You can you experience them in the game. One mm-hmm. of the first things you get to experience is a major void out, and it, it leaves these huge craters. Um, and then not only has this death stranding caused these BTs to show up and void outs and everything like that, but also um, it's changed the atmosphere quite a bit. Where there's this <laughs> made up <laughs> element, I guess, called. Uh, Corellium Kare- or something like that. Chi- Chi- yeah. Chirelium. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I always want to call it Chirelium for some reason with <laughs> CH, but, um, and they also, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh yeah. Timefall. Time it, yeah. They it basically has made the rain fall basically age. It makes time go by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Anything that's in the rain i guess yeah it's like a rapid aging sort of element yeah I guess. so you can't obviously be outside for this because you'll could essentially die i guess if which is a kind of weird thing because there is a story beat which we'll talk about later with one character uh, which i didn't really understand how like i don't know we'll get to there when we get there i guess but <laughs> um Anyway, so yeah, that's going on in the world, and so because everyone's resorted to these shelters and they've disconnected, that's the whole thing of this game is uh, the United Cities of America is what it's called. Um, they, they're they all isolated, right? And so you had this first crew, um, Bridges 1, that went up and set up all these stations and to, to basically be, be connected with each other. Um, there was basically something that happened and uh the the chiral network that they wanted to create didn't end up uh being complete so you your character who's played by norman reedus sam porter bridges has uh, a connection to um the again this isn't really a spoiler we can talk about uh because it, it is in this trailers and stuff you are uh the daughter or sorry the daughter this the son i guess of Again, I don't know if that's made really clear in the first part of the game, but you're you're connected to the the president who whose name is Bridget Strand. She's the last and first, I guess, female president, and but she's dying of cancer, and so she is looking to Sam to basically go save Bridget's daughter Amelie, who has been taken by this terrorist group um, on the west coast, and so. She, you basically, she wants you to go save Amelie and while doing so connect all these places up to the chiral network um, to basically make the U.S. whole again, connect everybody and stuff. And Sam is kind of resistant to this and he doesn't want to do it, doesn't want anything to do with that. There's, there's clearly history between him, but that's the thing is with Death Stranding, which we mentioned in the impressions, like you're coming into the story as it's already happen like all the the major things right that's the death stranding has happened um there's obviously a sam has a very mi- mysterious past that you don't necessarily know about and you're kind of figuring it out as things go um so yeah basically uh after some art arguing and trying to to convince him into doing it he does uh do it because amelie um basically is able to communicate to him through these beaches because that's the other part of death stranding is there's these things called beaches and everybody has one it's basically my my the easiest way to explain it is it's kind of like a 
it's like limbo i guess mm-hmm. right it's that yeah. place it's like a purgatory thing. purgatory yeah it's that it's that place in between life and death um and everyone has their own beach and basically through the the use of i guess the i don't really know how they can do it but basically you can travel uh to this beach and um all, Everyone has their own, but Sam is connected to Amelie's beach in some sort of way. He he can go to Amelie's beach, and that's that's kind of rare for people to be able to go to other people's beaches. The only time that there's multiple people on on other people's beaches is if they've died altogether. Um, essentially, is what I gathered from one of the characters, Hartman, yeah, who like kind a of explained it. Death scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, through the game, there's lots of interaction with Amelie through this beach. Um, and again, I don't know if it's explicitly clear at the beginning of how they're able, how Sam's able to go to her beach and how um, she's able. I think able, it takes a while before it does, they yeah. clear that up. Again, I'm finding this really hard to, yeah. <laughs> to, to basically talk about without spoiling it. So, well... <laughs> I guess we'll we'll kind of fast forward through all this and maybe talk about more of that stuff in the spoiler category. But your your basically uh, objective is to go to these places, connect them to the chiral network, and in doing so, you're you're delivering them cargo, right? Resources that they'll need and whatnot. And as you kind of go through, you encounter this terrorist uh, called Higgs. He's the man with the golden mask, played by Troy Baker, and He's kind of like a separatist group that's very anti, you know, U.S., uh, the United States of America, and is basically, uses BTs to, as his arsenal, I guess, right? Um, So, and he's also the one that's kidnapped or or basically taken Amelie hostage on the West Coast, right? So you, you come into contact him a couple times while you're making your way west um there's a big uh well again i'll save (laughs) safe spoilers i guess but (laughs) basically uh once once you there's kind of two areas in the game there's the the i don't know how they're there's the east coast area that's just outside of capital knot city and so you basically have that's that's where you start the game and that's on the east coast and then you make your way to uh, Port Knot City, and then eventually you take a, a boat over to Lake Knot City, which basically is the rest of the map of the United States, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's the other thing that I, I saw online is people complaining. It's like, well, this looks nothing like the United States. And it's like, well, that's that's the whole thing is this Death Stranding happened and it changed the atmosphere and it changed the environment of right. yeah, the like U.S., right? Very so, terraformed after, yeah, after the Death Stranding exactly. Occurred. So that's that's kind of the explanation as to why it looks like Iceland. But yeah, the um, once you kind of as you move further west, you notice that there's a little bit more resistance from people joining up in this chiral network. You have to do a couple more extra tasks to kind of get them convinced in joining you on and everything like that. Um, but that's basically the objective of the game. Um, in a nutshell, is you're you're delivering packages, you're connecting people to this network, and through doing so, you're encountering things like the BTs having to, you know, either work work your way through them using stealth or 
later in the game you start getting things like gr grenades that are <laughs> filled with your own blood and uh, some other weapons that you can use to kill them. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention before we move on from giving the backstory of the game is Sam is a repatriate and basically when he dies he has he goes to the the game goes to this place called the seam I guess and mm -hmm. you can connect your soul back to your your body um and basically come back to life and so that's an important thing that there and this was basically mentioned by Kojima pretty early on I think in Death Stranding when he was talking about the game and talking about there's no like game over screen you don't die necessarily um and we kind of saw in early trailers him in the scene which is kind of like this it's like the world's underwater and you're kind of changed to a first person perspective and you have to find your body and once you connect into your body it goes down Sam's mouth and you see the baby and that's where <laughs> the trailers of the baby like sucking uh -huh. its thumb and giving the thumbs up or it's so weird it's very weird there's no real explanation <laughs> for why that's like no. that um that was another thing that never was explained i don't know mm -hmm. but um so, so there's that. So there's and that not kind of cool too. Cause I mean, even, um, you know, even void outs don't, don't keep him dead yeah. forever. I, I think, no, I don't want to say, cause it's, <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's really a spoiler, but, uh, it's probably best to save that anyway. But We're talking about yeah. the void out in the first part of the game. Yeah. So what the, one of the Honestly, first story beats, I, I think you can talk about it because that is shown in a trailer. Well, there was, so. I was going to say he can't really die, but there is a way he can die. But Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But that <laughs> save that part. For later. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But basically, I mean, even a void out can't can't say like you can you can still come back, which I mean, um, I mean, I guess it's technically possible for a void out to happen during the gameplay. But that's just essentially like your quote unquote, like not game over, but like a, your respawn, you come back to life and then just kind of. Yeah. When during your playthrough, did you ever trigger any like void outs? I did not. Did you? I triggered one. I don't know how it happened, um, because I was I was kind of in the mountain area and I kind of got swarmed by BTs, and then basically when you encounter BTs, you kind of have to sneak your way through them, and you have that little chirpy thing on your shoulder mm -hmm. that's connected to your bridge baby that kind of alerts you to where the BTs are. And you have to be quiet. You like if you get close, if your little thing's like chirping like crazy, you have to like hold your breath. And because mm -hmm. um, if they even hear you, they'll they'll start swarming you. And all of a sudden, like the ground kind of turns black tar, this black kind of tar, and all these BTs are like grabbing a hold of you and trying to drag you down. Um, and so you can kind of shake them off and try to get away from them, distance yourself from them. But if you are unsuccessful in doing that, you'll kind of be dragged into the tar and you'll be dragged around for a bit. And then all of a sudden the, the tar kind of expands all over the place. And that's when you see start sometimes see like the buildings pop up from the ground, like these old buildings and everything surrounded by tar. And then you have these bigger BTs that you have to deal with. So they're kind of in forms of like, there's one that's kind of like a, a lion or like a cat kind of thing. Uh, there's one that's like a whale. There's one that is kind of like a squid with these tentacle things. And then there's a couple other smaller like cats, I guess. There's a couple different sizes there. Uh, at least th those are the ones I experienced. I think those are mm -hmm. 
pretty much all the ones you can encounter. And yeah, when I was in the mountain area, I got to that point where I couldn't kill them. I ran out of ammo or something and I I just kind of got caught up and I died. And it was, to be honest with you, I think that was actually the first time I quote unquote died and had to like respawn into the game. And when I went back there, I went back to um, kind of where I died and I noticed there was a big crater there and it looked really weird because it didn't look like it was part of the environment. I'm like, I think that was triggered by my playthrough. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So that, that was something that I think, but then, then again, I also had an encounter with a BT where that happened and I died and I didn't create some mm. sort of void out. So I don't really know if maybe it was w- how that determined the game determines of creating these things. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, but I, I did notice that once that crater happened there, for whatever reason, there was less BTs in that, area when i went through it again Mm -hmm. so yeah interesting stuff but Hmm. um all right let's kind of talk about some of the gameplay and some of the things you encounter in the game so adam why don't you you start us off by talking about uh i guess the traversal system that's one of the biggest parts of the game is we we joked that death training is kind of like a terrain simulator because you encounter all these different terrains of big mountains and stuff so maybe you can talk a little bit about your experience in going going through these different terrains um and maybe go into a little bit of the structure building and that kind of stuff yeah sure uh so the terrain is is a big part um like you said a lot of kind of like mountains and um you know cliff sides and things like that that you're going to encounter as you as you travel and uh, there's tons of ways to get around. So it could be just as simple as, um, you know, building a ladder to help you uh, get up a cliff face or to maybe help you cross a stream. Because uh, if you go in the water, um, you'll get fatigued pretty easily. And depending on the depth of the water, um, it can kind of sweep you away. It'll it'll knock all the cargo off your back. Um, so having a way to get across that is is important. So in a lot of cases, a ladder is going to be long enough to get you across. You can kind of walk a, along it and mm-hmm. get to the other side. And if you have more materials, you can even build a bridge. Um, and and of course, so the area that areas that you're in, you know, the objective we kind of talked about. You you're connecting these different, um, you know, cities and way stations and and smaller kind of um, settlements, and you get them all connected. And when you connect them to the chiral chiral network, which is what kind of, um, I guess it's it's almost like bringing the internet to yeah. um, to these places, or even power. Um, you could consider bringing power to these places in a way. Uh, once you have them connected, you can build structures. So uh, so you have your bridges that can help you cross, uh, you know, large gaps in the ground or large bodies of water. Um, you can build time fall shelters that uh, you can rest under if it's raining and, you know, it'll it'll prevent your stuff from wearing out, like your cargo from getting worn out from the time fall um, since they do get uh, it does damage the um, the boxes that that everything's kind of mm-hmm. stuffed into. And so you can build those. Um, you can build zip lines, which are like the most amazing thing ever. Oh my gosh, I love them. <laughs> uh, to just kind of zip you from one spot to another. And uh, and then again, you know, you have your ladder. And then the other kind of basic thing that you get right from the start is um, little climbing anchors. So you can right. stick it in the ground. You have a, uh, what is it, 30 meter rope yeah. that goes along with it. So um, that 
I can kind of have you help you like rappel down uh, large cliffs. And then once you're down at the bottom, you know, if you're making a return trip, you can grab it and you can climb your way back up. Um, so that's very handy to have uh, if you're going up and down cliffs. Mm-hmm. Um, really only handy if you start from the top or if, if maybe someone else puts it down. And because and, that's the other thing, too is all these things that you're putting down, there's the potential for that to wind up in other people's games as mm-hmm. well. So my ladder that I use to help me get across this stream uh, might be used by someone else. Yes. And yeah. they can come by and they can use it. If they use it, you uh, you can get a like. So kind of like, you know, getting a, a like on like a Facebook post. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. So while you're uh, going around connecting these different cities and way stations and settlements and all that, you're also connecting with other players through the use of these structures that you're building. So everyone can use these things. There's uh, uh, one that I forgot to mention, generators. So yes. there are vehicles in the game as well, and they, they operate on battery power. So mm-hmm. if you're in a zone that's that's attached to the chiral network, uh, you won't expend battery life. Mm-hmm. Once you get outside that, though... Um, then you start draining battery, and then if you run out of battery, then the thing just stops. So uh, every now and then you may encounter a generator where it creates a field where if you just kind of park there for a little bit, it'll refill the battery meter of your car or vehicle or motorcycle or what have you. Yeah. And it'll fill that up so you can continue you know, uh, riding and, and using that vehicle until you get to the next generator or you know, wherever it is that you refill your, your uh, battery meter. So. So there's all this stuff, and um, again, as you put stuff down, people can come by, they can use it. If it was really helpful for them, they can give you some likes, mm-hmm. and uh, same thing goes goes with them. You may encounter an area where it's like, oh, man, like I need something to get across there, and then you might see there's a bridge nearby or you know, a ladder or a climbing anchor, something that's going to help you out. And then as you use it, you know, if you really, if it was very helpful, then you can give some likes to it as well. Um, so it kind of works, you know, in, in uh, two directions. Mm-hmm. So um, so that made it a lot of fun. It, it makes for very, uh, very unique ways of overcoming obstacles in the terrain that you come across. So there's plenty of different options you can use to get by, different routes you can make for yourself, different routes that maybe were created by other people. Um, and one of the things I found out, too, it wasn't until after I beat the game, but... Um, you can kind of create like a footpath. So if a number of people are walking sort of the same path through an area, so maybe there's a lot of rocks or stones or whatever, the more people that kind of walk in that same path, it'll wear out a path. So those stones will start to go away. Um, If you're up in the mountains, it'll create, um, you know, kind of like tracks in the snow where the snow kind of gets packed down Mm -hmm. and it makes it easier to walk across and, uh, so it was really neat to find out that that's kind of another element because I, I would see every now and then, you know, my structures get likes and stuff. But then I would also get um, a message every now and then that someone used the same path that I did. Okay. And I didn't really understand understand what that yeah. meant at first. And then <clears throat> I found out that as they use those paths that I put down, um, it can actually make it easier for other people to get through. So that that makes so much sense because playing through the game, it's and I was so impressed by the environment and how it all looked original, no matter where you went like every like rock almost seemed like it was put there specifically. Right. It wasn't just like copy and paste all over the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
it almost felt like, oh, here's like a, the clear way of getting around this big mountain or getting through the this rocky terrain. And so, yeah, now that 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 makes sense that, you know, people I'm, I'm probably finding those paths because that's what other people have laid out before me, I guess. So that's really, really neat. I had no idea that that was even part of the game. So, yeah, yeah, it was unique, uh, unique thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think all the building stuff is easily the the funnest part of the game, in my opinion. Um, trying, especially when you kind of get to the last bit of the game and, you know, you have lots of resources and most of the areas are all connected to the chiral network. It's, it's fun to just kind of go back and build things. Um, near the end of the game, you have to kind of work your way, you make your way west, obviously. And you have to go back east. Um, and even even when you're in a certain area, not going all, like completely from one side of the map to the other, but just in between like maybe a distribution center and a couple different, um, you know, areas that have been connected up. It's fun to just kind of like build zip lines or build some roads or build things that kind of speed up those deliveries and stuff. So I know mm-hmm. like, for myself in the the mount near mountain knot city um the traversal in that area is quite difficult because you're obviously in the mountains you're dealing with snow um and it takes a lot longer i find to get to one place to the other and so for a while there i had built basically built zip lines to every like outlining station from mountain knot city yeah. so that <laughs> i could basically hop on a zip line with all my cargo and hit up basically every single area around there and deliver a whole bunch of packages in probably like a quarter amount of the time it would take me on foot like it oh yeah it, the zip lines yeah like you said they're they kind good. of I mentioned before how much I love building roads and you know as you get a little bit towards like mountain knot city uh, and the, the resource requirements become a, a lot higher yes, and people yeah. weren't helping to build roads. And probably the reason for that is the zip lines, because the zip lines just when you have a good network of zip lines, you don't need roads. Yeah, so exactly. Much, so. Yeah. They they basically they're faster than even mm-hmm. getting in a vehicle and driving down the road. Um, and it's a great way to especially if you connect zip lines over like areas full of BTs, like that's, mm-hmm. that really speeds it up. Cause then you don't yeah. even have to worry about sneaking your way through the area and stuff. So yeah, I, I the, and then the sharing part was re- just really cool. Like, like you said, seeing those notifications pop up on your screen that, you know, someone issued you likes based on something you built or whatever, you can kind of go into the menu and look back at the structures you made and see how many likes they got. And, there were some that I was like, man, that was such a good structure. And I had zero legs for them. Um, and then there was others like, I don't even know. I put so many ladders down, but obviously that one's a good one because it has hundreds of legs. So I must have mm-hmm. put it in a really good spot. Because um, that, that's the thing, right? Is It's cool because there's so many other people playing the game and there's going to be so many overlap of people doing the same thing. And it's cool when you encounter those things, right? When you, right. When you hit a part of the terrain that's super rocky and you see like three motorcycles all kind of it's like oh clearly like everyone was in the same boat of hoping to drive through the motorcycle and then they came across and had to to transition onto foot or you know uh, i saw this post on reddit the other day of this person who was uh, back at a distribution center with this big rusty truck that 
was whatever. And they were like, they were thanking whoever, whatever the person's gamer take was for their piece of shit <laughs> car, getting them out of like a really <laughs> shitty situation with BTs yeah. or something like that. It, it, and it, it totally happens. Like there's been times where I've been, you know, ambushed by BTs or I've been caught in an area of time fall and my packages are deteriorating like crazy. And it's like, Oh, there's a time fall shelter or there's, you know, I really need, um, container spray. And I open up a post post box and can get some that way. Like the, it's crazy. Cause it's like we said in our impressions episode, it's this single player game, but you're kind of playing it with people it has this multiplayer aspect is, um, ingra- ingrained in the game so much that you basically, you, you, it would, I couldn't even imagine playing this game like offline because there are so many things you encounter that's like if there wasn't a ladder there or a rope there or whatever, it would have taken mm-hmm. me, it would have been much more frustrating trying yeah. to get around, you know? The only thing I wish is is when you open up your map, you can see um, your structures, the things that you've placed, mm-hmm. and then also uh, things that have been placed by others. So you can kind of get an idea by looking at the map like, okay, there's a ladder you know, just a little bit south of where I'm at that's going to help me get up here, um, which is nice to be able to see that. The only thing I wish is that for the things that I put down, you know, if you kind of hover over it while you're in the map, I wish it would show you how many likes it's received mm-hmm. because there's some spots where I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. People are going to love this. Yeah. And I have no idea if it did well or not because exactly, I didn't yeah. happen to go back to that area. Yeah. So it would have been nice to be able to uh, find a way to see the feedback on each each item that's that's getting used. So. Yeah, there. If you go into the the bridge link menu or whatever and scroll over, you can see all the structures you built, but they're in a list, right? And if you built a bunch of zip lines, there's no way of determining. Yeah, the, having it on the map of just being able to to scroll over to that specific structure and see the you know the info on it and stuff would be would be really cool. I think. That's something that, you know... So in the list that you were saying, does it show you there? Um, How many likes? It does show the likes. It doesn't I show... Never... Oh, okay. It doesn't show the... That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, it does. It shows the likes, but it doesn't really show where Which that one? structure is. Yeah, so like yeah. if you built... If you're in an area and you use like six ladders or even the zip lines or whatever, right? Like with me going zip line crazy and building a bunch, like there's so many on there. It's like, I don't know. I, I think it gives a rough location of like the area it's in or like the, mm-hmm. what territory of like the chiral network it's in. Um, but it, again, it doesn't show you on the map. I don't think, gotcha. but it, I, I don't know. Don't, don't quote me. I know that there is a way of seeing how many likes you can get on items. Um, but you also, there's a limit of how many it shows on that menu. Like if you scroll down, it will eventually stop. And it's like, well, I know I've built like, these bridges and whatever and they're not right. showing up on here because it, it i think it has a certain amount that it'll display because obviously if you're somebody who's built a whole bunch of structures that would take a, that would be a lot to go through right so um the other thing i wanted to talk about is some of the other things that you encounter so we talked a little bit about the bts first of all i wanted to ask you do you, what did you think of the bts did you find them difficult to deal with did you think they were kind of laughable and and, and easy to kind of get through um what were your impressions with them so i actually kind of really liked the bt areas to an extent um 
in in most cases i would try and just go around if i could or find Mm -hmm. an alternate route so i could avoid it altogether um but i did find it pretty entertaining um just because it was you know one thing in the game that kind of um kind of had a spooky element to it i guess and so i kind of like that and mm-hmm. um so the first time that that you're you encounter the bts is after you uh you have to incinerate a body and then um you kind of have to sneak your way through and that was like first like oh my god like i'm not ready for this like what are you making me yeah. do game <laughs> and it was so so freaky uh, but I made it through okay. And it was actually the second time you run into them is is the first time I kind of got grabbed and, and pulled in. And I had one of the squid things chasing me. And, uh, <laughs> I Or maybe, maybe it was one of the whale ones. Um, and so I didn't know what to do. So I'm just like, I'm just going to run. I'm going to see how far I can get. At this point, I thought for sure I was like, once you're in this situation, like you're just going to die. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm just going to run, see how far I can get. I opened up the map and I saw there was like a radius that showed on the map how big this area was. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get to the edge of this and get out. And I finally made it barely. (laughs) And then finally, you know, they stopped chasing me and I'm just like, there's this huge moment of relief and I'm just like, oh my God, like I made it through. And that was, that was a lot of fun for me. Like just kind of having that, oh shit moment yeah and then yeah. like actually making it out and i'm like yes i beat the system yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i i liked it i thought it was cool it does get trivialized later in the game yeah I uh, agree. but in those you know as at least while you're on the eastern part of the 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 eastern section of the united states or whatever yeah um that was the more interesting part because there was uh, a lot more uh risk involved i guess in going into those areas mm-hmm. Yeah, for me it was it was the same thing of like that first time you experience them. And honestly, yeah, the second time when you're kind of after you've burned the corpse. Um and I don't know if we mentioned you, the in this world the corpses need to be burned because if they don't um they will basically turn into a BT, I guess is the one way to. And it will mm-hmm. I think that triggers a void out yep. or yeah. So um yeah, the um, when I came across them, I was, cause you, you do the corpse disposal, you experience them for the first time in there. And then when you're first making your first delivery, I think I remember seeing them and I went as far to, as far to the side as I could. I was on like the, the coast essentially of this water and I just kind of sneaked past. I was like, Oh, that's not too bad. And then there's a, an area that's kind of in a bunch of trees and, I remember like leading up to there because one of the other things you can go into the wind farm. Yes. Yeah. The wind farm. That's what (laughs) it was. Yeah. And there you can leave signs for people. So people had left, Hey, BTs up ahead and stuff. And I was like, okay, so I'm kind of working my way through and it's kind of difficult in that area because you kind of have to climb up and then you're going down this like steep hill. That's all these trees. So it's kind of like a completely new environment. Mm -hmm. And I remember I kind of made my way down there and then at some point I just lost my balance or something and I fell, triggered the, the, the BTs going after me. And that was the first experience, I guess, where I didn't die, but it was the first time that I got like dragged down. And then that's when all the tar showed up and the whale was there. And it was really exciting because it was the first time you experienced that in the game. And it's like, holy crap, like you don't yeah. really know what to do. Your just instinct is to run because <laughs> you have no way to like kill these things. And 
yeah, I was able to escape. And then, like you said, near the last half of the game, you know, they, they kind of, they don't have that same effect anymore because you kind of, you get, you realize, you know, they're not as spooky anymore because it's like, mm-hmm. well, you kind of know what happens if you get caught and and going through that process a dozen times eventually, you know, you, you get used to it. But it was to the point where when you're making your way back west, um, you, you know, if I came across a BT area, I would just like, if I was on a bike, I'd just try to speed past them and like really not care too much. Um, I would even use like grenades to try to kill them. Whereas earlier in the game, even after I had grenades, I still found myself trying to not engage in combat and, and mm-hmm. work my way around them. But yeah, they're really cool. I They definitely add a, a spooky factor to the, to the game. Um, they're they're really unique um to the to the world and stuff it's pretty cool the other enemies you come into contact with are uh, mules and these mules are basically used to be porters but they're kind of like i guess they're still porters they're kind of like they're but they don't uh like they're not employees of the u.s yeah and the game describes them as people that got addicted to delivering Mm -hmm. i guess yeah so like the extreme fedex (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Uh, to the point basically that where they would try and mug you to take your cargo so that they can go deliver it themselves yeah and yeah yeah and the first kind of mules you encounter are really not too difficult you can kind of i would say the mules are sometimes harder to avoid than the bts in certain respects like Mm -hmm. the mules uh the early ones uh basically all they have are these big spears and they've shown this off in the trailers they're kind of like electrified in some sort of way so if you're driving a vehicle and they throw it at your vehicle it will completely seize your vehicle and like sam will fall out of it so it's like crap you got to deal with these mules um you don't kill them you just kind of knock them out so you can use kind of melee to to beat them down you can use your cargo um later on you get weapons like non-lethal assault rifles that can kind of knock them out um, because if you do kill them again, did you, so did you ever kill a mule? I did. And then I reloaded my save because immediately after I did, um, I had die hard man contact me on the radio yeah. and was like, Hey, you're you going to deal with that body or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's going to trigger a void out. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh man, like, I don't want to game over. Like, I don't know if the, like, if that's really going to happen or yeah. not. So I'm like, I'm just going to reload my you're save like, and <laughs> yeah. I killed there once you kind of progress to the game, the mules become more aggressive and they actually yes. will try to kill you with guns and stuff. And it's much more difficult because even if you're on a, a motorcycle or whatever, they can, they can shoot you. And, um, they, I, I came across one and I meant to switch to a non-lethal, but I, I had an assault rifle and I just straight up killed this one guy. And I, didn't know what there was a, I was just being swarmed and I didn't have a lot of like ammo or resources to kind of get me out of that. So I just was like, just pressed on to kind of escape them. And then yeah, die hard man came on and was like, Hey, you need to deal with this body. And I never did. (laughs) I like just continued progressing through the game and I don't know what happened. I never actually even ever revisited that area. So maybe it created a void out. Um, I'm actually interested in maybe going back and seeing now that I beat the game, if anything really happened to that, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll experiment a little bit more with that kind of stuff, but 
Um, well, while they're shooting at me too, I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, like if I die, there's gonna be a void out, and so part of me was like, fine, kill me. Yeah, let the void out come and get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh man. Um. So another thing I wanted to touch on. Well, I know that's not how the game works. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another thing I wanted to touch on before we talk about some of the characters in the game is just kind of your BB and obviously you use it to detect BTs. That's kind of automatic. You're connected up to it. Um, there's a couple other interactions you can kind of have with your BB. Um, there's these safe rooms that are at every distribution center. You can also build these private rooms, um, scattered on the map, but you need basically a bunch of resources to build them um so sometimes you can start one and then someone will come along and provide the rest of the resources to get it built um and that was another structure that really came in handy in certain areas mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. man i'm like really beat down i have low health i have barely any blood bags left and zero stamina <laughs> zero stamina or whatever and you you come across that that private room and you're like awesome i can get in there recover shower do all that stuff um and uh in the safe room your your bb's connected up and that's one of the things is your bb basically has stress levels um and if it gets too stressed out it will i can't remember what it's called it's like um oh yeah it's like uh, it's toxicity levels are like go up or something and something, it basically, yeah yeah it basically like turns off essentially um he he he, like gets covered up like his little pod that he's in goes all black and it says like caution and red lighters or something like that and you have to go into one of your rooms to basically bring it back up um now if you that that's at the point where you basically you need to go to a room for to let it recover but let's say you're you're not quite there yet it's still really stressed out it's crying you can actually remove the pod you can kind of lull it to sleep or you know cradle it and um it's cool because it kind of switches to a first person perspective i heard a lot of people saying that they encountered their bb like constantly crying and for me like did you ever experience a lot of that no i i had very little of that actually i think the worst i had it was uh in that second bt area that i mentioned i got pulled into when i finally got out um it, the the stress levels or w- whatever were pretty bad yeah. so that's where i had to you know take take it off and rock it and uh reduce the stress yeah um and that was that was really about it yeah i same thing because uh, that's like one of the biggest triggers for the bb stress um another thing is like if you f- are fully submerged in water Um, if like your pod goes underwater, it can kind of get stressed out. And then obviously if you tumble down a mountain, there was a couple moments where I had like just lost my footing or like, Oh crap, that's a way steeper ledge than I thought. And I've fallen down and I'm tumbling down the mountain and my car goes going everywhere. But again, like I didn't really have that happen too much. So it was interesting hearing people complain, especially in the reviews, um, listening to a couple different podcasts, um, people were talking about how annoying that was. It's like, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal because I'd never really encountered it. So, right. And even like, so the dual shock four has its speaker in it. The baby kind of cries through that. If that's annoying to you, 
Um, you can also switch it to go through this TV speakers, but even when it's crying, it's not like it's really loud and annoying. Like it's, it's kind of in the background a bit. Um, and yeah, it's pretty easy to deal with. You just quickly pick up Lou, um, which is the name you give your BB later on and yeah, just rock it a bit and you're good to go. So, um, doing those kinds of things also increases your bond with your BB. I, there's kind of like a five star rating of your bond i think i had like a four or something so i don't know if you get a fully complete bond with your bb if that like helps you in any sort of way but um and then yeah there's sometimes these like hot springs that you can encounter throughout the map did you ever use the hot springs uh yeah i did one time yeah yeah me too i did the one that was kind of in the mountains um mm-hmm. and Is it right next to the doctor yes yeah that was the yeah. one um that to be honest i think that was the only one i really encountered just walking through i knew that there was others in a couple different areas but i never really went to those areas so i never really wanted to use them but again that just you kind of go into the water with your bb and um that kind of relaxes it and helps build the bond and that kind of stuff so uh but yeah the the relationship with your bb kind of expands as you go on bbs are meant to be kind of tools and and later on you know it's it's very obvious anyone can that's not really a spoiler anyone can kind of make the connection that sam is probably going to get connected to this bb in some sort of way like on an emotional level right so um and they're they're not supposed to have that and that can kind of affect how they perform and stuff like that um to the point where they might go ahead right in like the I don't know, what is it, the first or second chapter? And, um, you know, they're they're telling you basically right off the bat, like, uh, to not get attached. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like a foreshadowing thing right there. Exactly, like, oh, yeah. some, you know, you're going to get attached. What if you do get see. attached, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, one of the biggest things about this game, and big meaning that probably a lot of the budget went towards, is the cast for this game. There was... A big, big cast. Obviously, you have Norman Reedus. You have Mads Mikkelsen, which I think we'll talk more about him in the spoiler stuff. Because um, I don't, I don't even really want to. I think all the all the moments you have with him are kind of lead to spoilers, anyways. I, I'm gonna leave those out. Um, but then you have Guillermo del Toro as Dead Man, um, not voiced by Guillermo del Toro, but his body, I guess. <laughs> For whatever reason, I don't know yeah. why. It's just because Kojima and him are friends, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have Hartman, who has a really well. Before I move on, Dead Man. He's the reason why he's called Dead Man is because he's kind of like a Frankenstein, right? Like he, uh, or is he? He was he built, uh, or was he just somebody who like gives his parts? I that was kind of unclear. I think to me. he received. I think he said 70% of him is from other, like, parts. Yeah, yeah, because he he said he didn't have, like, a mom or dad and stuff. And he was kind of... So he's basically Frankenstein. He has, like, this big scar on his head. Um, He's probably the one character that Norman Reedus, like... Well, there's there's Fragile and um, some of the other characters, but, like, they're... He, he played a bigger role in the game than I expected. Um, yeah. I thought, because he's one of the first characters you kind of talk to in the beginning of the game, um, but your relationship with him definitely, I would say, grows, um, and he comes a really important part to the story and, and to Sam, I guess. Um, 
you got Higgs, which is really awesome. He's like, he's, he's obviously the, one of the antagonists and he, he's, he's really great because it's Troy Baker. He's a phenomenal voice actor and just every interaction you have with him, he's, I, I like the way his lines were written. Um, he was really good. There's mama who basically has this, she had given birth to a, a BT BB, I guess. And she's connected to this BT BB, um, through the umbilical cord. Um, again, I'll just move on from her cause there's some more spoiler stuff around her, uh, that I don't want to talk about yet. And then uh, who else? Hartman. He's basically, he was shown off in a trailer. He dies for three minutes, I think. Yeah. Three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. And then he comes back and for 21 minutes. 21. Um, and so in that period where he's dead, he's basically researching the beach and some other stuff. And then, uh, Die Hard Man is basically, I don't know what his, what do you, what's his like role in the UCA. He, he, I guess kind of like an advisor to yeah. the president. Right. Yeah. Um, he's the one that, again, when we talk about, again, I should, I should stop mentioning the spoiler stuff, but <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's a character that you're constantly in communication with because he's the one who's like kind of telling you where you need to go next and stuff. Um, so he's constantly talking to you over the radio and whatnot. Um, and he, he's the one in the trailers that wears that, like, black mask, I guess. Kind of like a skull mask. And then I talked about Fragile. She's somebody who works for Fragile Express, which is kind of like another courier service, I guess. Um, she likes to eat bugs. She likes to eat bugs. Yeah, there's there's these weird, like, gross <laughs> larvae. I can't even remember what they're called. Like, I think they're cryptobios. Crypt- yeah, that's what they're called. And they replenish your stamina or the blood level or something uh, like that when yeah, you eat blood. them yeah and so you kind of come across them throughout the game and she is there's this weird like joke whenever they're together she always brings them up and is like hey do you want to eat one it's like i don't know why they constantly like made that part of her character like, from a little the start weird. And yeah it's like every scene she's in she's she's like you want one it's like okay lady we get it you eat bugs yeah like, <laughs> you don't have to show it every time you're yeah exactly in a scene so I think, I think that's pretty much everyone. I don't think I missed anyone. Um, did you get Amelie? Oh yeah. And Amelie, obviously. Um, I know we talked about her a little bit yeah, earlier, the, president's daughter and she's yeah. going to be the new president and you, you have lots trapped of by terrorists. Yeah. You have lots of interactions with her. Cause some, there's sometimes when you go to your safe room, uh, and go to sleep, you'll travel to her beach and have interactions with her and it kind of sheds a little light on some well doesn't necessarily shed light but it it gives there's some flashback scenes um and then she gives updates on like what's going on that kind of stuff um but she's definitely the one character that you you don't like you're not you're interacting in a different way than the other characters so her connection to you kind of gets unfolded, I would say, more so at the end of the game. But mm-hmm. altogether, I I just thought the cast was really great. All the characters, all very unique and original. Did you have a favorite character in the game? Um, yes. Um, probably, 
I don't know. I think maybe Mama. Mm-hmm. It, I thought she was cool, and the kind of I guess the the way her story arc kind of kind of goes, I thought was neat. Yeah, so. yeah, I I agree. Um, I she she also is someone that even before you actually get to meet her, you're already talking to her over the radio. She's someone who's you know doing all the kind of like tech stuff. Yeah. Um, giving you, getting you upgrades, that kind of stuff. Um, it's like if you were James Bond, she would be, what is it? Q, the one that makes all the gadgets. And yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's a great, great example. Um, I would say my favorite character, it's hard to say, like Mads is so cool in his own way. Um, but again, he's, he's, I, I, I will say one thing I will say is like Norman Reed's character and I don't know if it's just the direction that they went but even thinking back to him like watching Walking Dead like he's not his performance is kind of like just plain you know what I mean like yeah he doesn't he's not like you like the only thing about him is that he's very stern and he he doesn't show a lot of emotion he has this weird thing where he doesn't like people to touch him um, yeah. So you, there's little things about him that are unique and original, but I just thought like the performance is kind of like you're the protagonist and I didn't really care about him too, too much, I guess. Oh, real quick. Can I go back and change my answer to BB? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The best character in the game. for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with, with Sam, like his, um, you know, I, I like Norman Reedus. I liked him in the walking yeah, dead. I liked him in um, boondock saints yeah. and, uh, I think in this game, like they just didn't do a lot with him. Um, cause at the beginning he seems like he has a mind of his own, like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to fall in with you guys. I want to yeah. do my own thing, be by myself. And then, and then it seems like they got him to turn around very quickly. And then from there, he just didn't have a mind of his own. He didn't have a ton of lines and he yeah. just kind of went along with what everyone told him to do. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, depth to yeah. his character. I think that it only really comes out when you start to learn more about his past and, you know, as he kind of forms more of a, a connection with BB, you start seeing, you know, a little bit, a, a different side to him, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's weird. They even, when you're interacting with some of the outposts or whatever you call them that you're connecting to the chiral network, there's no like recorded dialogue for him. So he like just shit walks up they talk to him. He doesn't respond. He's kind of like a silent protagonist in a certain yeah. way. And I think it works based on the kind of the way they're making his character uh, for him to just be very quiet, not say a lot, um, you know, not want people touching him. Very introverted, I guess. So it makes sense, but it is kind of weird in certain senses. Like they like, it's just like, oh, we have so much more game, but we can only you always spend all their budget on Norman Reedus doing all the cutscenes and stuff. <laughs> so I did want to make sure I mentioned that, but um, I, I, I liked dead man. I thought he was kind of funny. He was almost kind of like the comedic relief in a certain yeah. sense. Like he, he was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple scenes that you interact with. Yeah, he brought with in some heartfelt moments too. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he's the one character that I think Sam connects with on more of a friendship level with. Um, and it, it's kind of cool seeing them go back and forth on certain things. And, uh, yeah, just like Dead Man being kind of silly or eccentric on certain things. And then Norman is just looking at him like he's like batshit crazy or whatever. And 
Um, so I, I liked him. I thought he was good. And I liked the fact that he had a bigger role in the story than I expected. So, um, one more thing before we move into talking about story and spoilers is just how awesome this game looks. It looks mm -hmm. incredible. It runs really well. Um, I played on a PS4 slim, I guess you played on the pro. Yes. Yeah. And, um, do you have you have 4K TV? I'm presuming then. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably looked really awesome on on your console. Um, but even just mine, I have a 4K TV, but uh, PS4 the only outputs 1080p, and it looked really 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 solid. Like I never encountered any weird um, glitches or you know texture pops or any of the stuff that i'm basically right. experiencing in jedi fallen order um <laughs> i never encountered i don't know if did you see any technical glitches or errors or anything like that uh not that i recall no yeah. i mean it's been pretty polished for the most part yeah i was yeah, anything uh, anything i'd say would be very minor yeah it uh yeah there were some moments where i would kind of get you know climbing up a rock and then i kind of fall down and get my spot where i kind of wasn't really stuck, but just couldn't move for, I had to kind of climb back out of there in a weird way. Um, but yeah, like it, it just, it looks awesome. Uh, the game also has a original soundtrack of lots of different licensed music from different artists and stuff. Um, which is no surprise because Kojima had <laughs> leading up to its release, like constantly was posting all these different bands that on his Instagram and Twitter and, bands coming to Kojima's uh, productions and getting a tour and stuff. Music is clearly very important to Kojima, and it was really cool that there was this big, wide range of music that really, I think, added to the, the atmosphere of the game. Um, one of the cool things is when you're kind of go about to go on a big trek to deliver a cargo and you come across an area for the first time, maybe it's like a big mountain that you're about to climb down or climb up or a new area like uh the songs would pop up on the screen it'd be like the music would start playing you get the title of the song the artist and stuff like that almost like a music video kind of thing yeah uh i really like that just being a big fan of music and stuff um my only complaint is you have all this great music and you can access it in your your room by going to the music player but there's no way of doing that while you're delivering packages right um so it would have been really cool I mean, I could just, you know, go on Spotify, put in headphones and play the Death Stranding <laughs> soundtrack. But it would have been cool just to go into the in-game music player and be able to play different songs that you unlock, um, you know, as you're delivering packages. Just for something in the background to listen to would have been Yeah, I know neat. a lot of people th thought that too. And yeah. I, I will say the one thing that, that I really liked. So most of the time when you're out and you're exploring or delivering or whatever, it's it's pretty quiet. Like no music really or anything playing. Mm -hmm. And then they just find the the right like key moments yes. to play one of those songs from the soundtrack, and it just like it's all of a sudden it's like oh my god, it just fits so well with yeah. what's happening right now. And and I guess you know if you were playing music all the time, you know those moments might not stand out as much. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So I think doing that is is kind of a kind of a key element mm -hmm. as you're as you're progressing through, and and you know the music pops up, and it's like yes, like, yeah, that just it just works. Um, my only complaint, though, really is so most of these songs, if not all of them, are from the group Low Roar, I think yeah. they're called. And going into the game, I know I knew that uh, 
they'd done some work with the band Churches, which I really like. Yeah. And I found out there's only, I think there's only one song from Churches in the game, and it's during yeah. the end credits. Yeah. And I'm like, this song's a banger. Yeah. But I had to wait till the very end of the exactly. game to hear it. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, there should be, I wish there was more from Churches on there, but uh, it was a really good song. Yeah. There was one song, I think there, I can't remember what it's called or who the band. There's some, I think they, well, I know that Low Roar is Icelandic, I think. Um, which makes sense because there's a lot okay. of ins- inspiration from Iceland in the environment and this world yeah. and stuff. There was one song from a trailer that was really, really cool. Um, it's kind of like the more metal one. Um, and I didn't even hear it in the game. I don't know if that's something that was included in the actual game, but I was really hoping that it would come in like a boss battle or something like that. Um, but yeah it is cool like you said it's magical when those moments come because it's like you're already kind of enjoying the traversal through the landscape and then when you come it only it just can it brings you in even more to the point where you're really focusing on like the world and this environment that you're in um so yeah kudos to that choice because i i think it was really effective yeah and the song patience i think might have been my favorite one and I think it comes up a couple times during the game, but the, mm-hmm. uh, it was, I remember as I was coming down very steep uh, hill just after getting out of a BT zone mm-hmm. um, on your way to Port Knot City, yes, I believe it is. That's my favorite moment as well. Yeah. yeah and and you, see, you see the city down there and the song comes on mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is just it's cool. this is magical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, let's... Okay, this is going to be the official warning spoilers. Um, So if you don't want to hear any of the story-related stuff, I guess it's been great great having you, but uh, (laughs) there's a lot in this game that me and Adam are really eager to talk about. Um, So this is your spoiler warning. So if you, again, don't really care listen through but um we're going to be talking about like the end game and a lot of reveals that happen throughout the game so i think i've made myself clear by this point um so let's talk a little bit about the story and where it goes um so the biggest thing is i guess that the first place i wanted to start off with is chapter four um i think that's like a good spot mm-hmm. to kind of talk about um and I'm really excited to talk a little bit more of the end game stuff because when we last talked about Death Stranding during our impressions, I I can't remember what chapter. I think you were on chapter eight or nine or something like that. And then something like that, yeah. I was on I don't know five or something. Um, I think I had just experienced the chapter four or whatever. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about more of the end game stuff with you. But let's start off with chapter four and chapter four. Is interesting because it's the first time in the game that really shakes up the the formula that you've gotten used to mm-hmm. in the first three chapters. Um, the, the one thing I will say, the chapters are very interesting. They're not all the same length. Some are more story beats. Um, you go through a whole chapter that is just specific to one, you know, piece of the plot um, in, in one specific area, and then you go into the next chapter, whereas, like, yeah, chapter three or whatever is a lot of delivering cargo to kind of get through all that, connect that area to then move on to the story kind of thing. And chapter four kind of starts off with, um, I think it's the mo- it, it's 
the moment where you throw the package into the water, right? Like the bomb package. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. So, which is kind of interesting. So at some point you get this package to deliver to South Knot City and it basically says when you receive... Well, the package is delivered by this really (laughs) shady shady guy. It's like the first like hand delivered package to you that didn't come through like this, the elevator system or whatever. Yeah, a little conveyor belt. Yeah, conveyor belt. And um, so you're like, okay. And you can kind of... I'm pretty sure it is Troy baker it right? is like yeah because yeah. like you can kind of hear his voice and you're like you kind of know in that but when you receive the package and you actually look at the information of the on the package in the menu it says that if it crosses into south knot city it will it will explode and it also says <laughs> that if it is removed from sam for a certain amount of time it'll explode yeah and so it was kind of like okay but you don't know anything else about it so you're like it needs to be delivered to south knot so you kind of have to figure out what to do with it now, did it tell you um, what to do with it, or did you have to figure that out on your own? I can't remember. Uh, no, I think they tell you. Yeah. Um, they tell you to take it to the way station south of uh, Lake Knot City. Uh, I think because uh, I, I think he says to go. Someone says to go have a rest there, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't re- now that I really um, can't recall. Yeah, from what I recall. But this was a this was a scene too where I'm like you know we were talking about uh, Norman Reedus and his lines and stuff. This is a moment I'm like, you know, common sense. Like, how, why did he just take it? Like, obviously this was a shady thing. <laughs> yeah. And and it just kind of like him not having a mind of his own. Like, where some stranger can just give him a package and he's like, oh yeah, I'll go take it and like whatever. But but yeah, I mean, essentially, um, someone someone tells. Uh, you know, obviously, he has the package to take it down to South Knot City, and um, someone might have been Die Hard Man tells him to go have a rest or something like that. Something yeah. prompts him to stop at the way station south of Lake Knot City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you eventually you the way to get rid of it is throwing it uh, into the lake, and then the cutscene triggers with Fragile. I think or is this after or before the storm so this was this was i think this was before the storm yeah I, i'm pretty I'm sure almost certain yeah because this was i mean chapter three was was titled fragile right and so like when you get to that way station and you rest you have a dream or a vision of higgs and i i guess maybe kind of confirming that you were indeed carrying a bomb so yeah. uh when you wake up you call in fragile and you discuss what's going on with the bomb and right. was, okay. she, yeah, was yeah. she the one then that tells you to throw it in i in think the so there, there was definitely someone because like i don't know how i would have known to do that right because that was the first time you're like getting rid of a package like that um mm-hmm. uh so yeah and then i i think it was after that once you throw it in that i think you have the uh the scene where fragile explains what happened between her relationship her and with higgs, higgs. yeah because yeah. one of the things is when you get into the second region you start uh, what do you call the people that are not like wanting to join the preppers? Um, preppers, yeah, yeah, that's what they're called. And so you start uh, come talking to these people, and you start they they have this opinion on fragile and fragile express, and um, specifically her connection because um, there's a 
couple uh, big knot cities that were essentially caught in a void out and destroyed. I think there's like North Knot City and Middle Knot City or something like that. It was Middle Knot City and then it was part of South Knot City that right. got destroyed by, I think it was by nukes that were carried in by Fragile because she didn't know what they were. Yes, yeah. Um, and so there's a, a cutscene with Higgs and because you don't really know it's like is she connected to this terrorist group or right. whatnot and then it's finally she has that scene with you where she reveals you know her relationship with Higgs and how that happened he basically um set her up to do that and um then there was she basically he gave her the choice of following through with ex- exploding another city or or what so how did i can't remember now like what was the, the th- her options there because there was the she could do one thing or she could basically she could jump she could jump away so she can teleport right and so he was basically like you could teleport out of this save yourself and you know whatever or you know you can try and and prove all these noble actions that you're saying you're trying to do by uh risking your body to the time fall but saving the city. Mm-hmm. So it was either save herself and keep her appearance or uh, save the city and um, basically have her body age from the time fall. But um, of course he wanted to make a statement by covering her, her head <laughs> yeah. so that her face would remain, but her body would uh, have aged greatly yeah. during her walk through the time fall. Hence why she wears this like, latex type looking outfit uh like head to toe gloves and everything um so they kind of explain why she's wearing that and you actually see the the scene of her putting the mask on and then running into the rain um the one thing that yeah i didn't understand is like if it is aging you like would it not at some point kill kill you in some sort of way right like if your bot is it just the skin the outside that's being aged or you know is it that's a good question. Yeah, I'm not organs, sure if it would, you know what I mean? yeah, if it would go internal or not. Yeah. Um, but be there for ahead. a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was just like a superficial, like just on the outside sort of thing. Because she yeah. didn't seem to suffer from, like she wasn't frail or anything. No, like she could still move um, around and do things. So. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after that scene... Um, is I think shortly after you, you, you come across this big storm in the sky. Um, the chiral levels in the atmosphere have like shot up to a crazy level. You see this like cyclone tornado thing in the sky. You're like, that's not good. And it literally like basically like picks you up and it's kind of like blackout and you wake up on, uh, basically like this, I think it's like world war one, this world one. Is, one yeah. yeah. And you're like, you have no idea what's going on. There's these kind of like BT like figures, um, like soldiers, like in the, in the trenches shooting each other. And it just, man, this was crazy. I was a really exciting moment because you <laughs> saw this kind of world war setting, like this military setting with Mads and some of the trailers and stuff. Um, but when you like get in there and are experiencing it and you have no idea what's going on, it's, it, it, for me, it was really, really cool. Cause it really, really shakes up. Um, like I said, the formula of the game and mm-hmm. you just spent hours delivering packages walking <laughs> back and forth. And now you're in the middle of like this war scene. Right. 
And then, yeah, you eventually, uh, it's crazy because it's just like there's explosions going on, there's bullets flying, there's screams. It's like this really like horrific setting. And then eventually you come across Mads and every scene that Mads has in these, because these are essentially beaches from what I gather. Um, Mm -hmm. These are like Mads beaches, I guess, um, is is kind of what I formulate because everyone's beach is different, right? And uh, he's brought you in because he wants his BB back. And that's all he basically states to you. You hear all these little like, you already know that, sorry, at this point, you already know Mads has a connection to a BB because um, you see these scenes that every time you take the elevator up from your your safe room, um, it triggers these cut scenes where it's from the perspective of the BB in the pod and you are hearing Mads kind of talk about um, kind of a little get, shedding some light on his story. Basically, his wife, who gave birth to this, is in you know, a coma, right? Like they are, and um, you know, you you kind of see these little snippets of scenes. Did any of the, did you get a fresh whenever you experienced the scenes? Did you get a fresh scene each time? Did you see or did you see any repeats? I did see some repeats. Okay. Uh, it took a little while for them to start coming around. And then it seemed like with each chapter, there might have been like a couple more new ones. But yeah. then eventually you see see some more repeats. Right. I guess it also depends. Like, I don't know what triggers them. Because I like there was times where I would come out of a safe room and I wouldn't experience them. And then there was times I did. So it must have been... I don't know. I I don't think I saw repeats, but I also saw so many that it's very possible. I just didn't even realize I watched the scene already, but, um, and they're all great scenes too. Mads Mads was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It it, like, he's essentially talking to himself and you're just seeing him. Um, and yeah, the performance is really, really great. Uh, but man, there's nothing like, I was just like my favorite, one of my favorite moments in Death Stranding is like just the badass cutscenes of him you know, lighting his cigarette in in the air and, um, you know, having the soldiers surround him and and he's telling him to move out and stuff and, and find the BB. And yeah. So in this world war one setting chapter four, you basically, it's the first time you get your hands on with guns. Um, and you kind of, it's kind of foreshadowed that something's going to come up because I think actually in South Knot City, before the storm happens, you get this blueprint of making guns all of a sudden. And so you're like, okay, we're going to get into some combat stuff. And then that triggers and you, you pick up some assault and basically after you shoot him enough times, you kind of go through the map, um, you get sent back and the storm that felt like you had been there for hours uh, was only in the real world only a couple of seconds. And so you're kind of like, this is weird. This is new. Um, they also had no like connection to Sam. So that, that it's not that they don't believe him, but they're also like, well, then we don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. Um, and then we kind of go into Mama and her story right after that. So I don't know if you want to touch thoughts on any of the mama stuff you can even talk about like everything that transpires with her if you want yeah so uh, the the mama chapter was was kind of neat so you you go in there and you know your uh your little clicker thing that senses bt's going (laughs) off bb's going nuts and um you find out that she has a baby but it's a bt um 
so you find out from her story that she uh, was going to have a baby and there was um, I, th- I think it was when it was with South Knot City, right? When it blew up from from the nuke or whatever. Yeah. Uh, basically, she was in the hospital at the time. She was getting ready to deliver. There were some complications. And uh, what happened is the the hospital, I guess, collapsed or whatever. She got trapped under some rubble uh, for several days and she ended up uh, giving birth. But she gave like the baby was essentially dead. And but the BT baby was still with her. Yeah. So and it never left like it, it never got released. So they still had a connection. It was like she had a baby, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so she eventually got rescued, but she still remained connected with with this baby. So essentially it was like the if you think the umbilical cord still being there, but um, but not like it's yeah. it, kind of like ethereal. um but they're attached in that way. Yeah. And the baby still has needs like any other baby. Like it, you know, wants to quote unquote eat and rest and everything. And so mama to, to soothe the BT when it starts getting upset is she'll cradle it in her arms and she'll hold it like she's breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And apparently she does continue to lactate, I guess, (laughs) because uh, her body's producing because it's kind of feeding the baby in a way. Yeah. Um, Really weird. But, uh, so she has this connection and and uh, turns out that she has a uh, twin sister in um, Mountain, was it? Mountain Knot City. Yeah. And so there was a so with everything that happened, she her twin sister what was her sister's name. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember either. I'll look it up. But so the uh, so the twin sister couldn't conceive child. So the the sister and her husband or boyfriend or whoever decided they wanted to have a baby. So uh, what they did is they kind of had they had Mama act as the uh, the carrier for the baby. She's like a surrogate. And after the whole tragedy with with the hospital and sort of losing the baby, becoming a BT, uh, the two sisters had a falling out. But. Um, you know, we're at a point where we need them to come together because the the device that we're using to connect all the cities together uh, is called a Cupid, and it's kind of like a like a chain, kind of with like some stone USB looking type things that um, have the chiral energy. We bring those to each each uh, outpost, and we use that to connect everyone to the grid. And there's uh, there's a flaw in the code. So basically we need to get the two sisters together because they're both brilliant minds and they need uh, both minds to be able to fix this since they both helped create it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the idea is we need to get them together because the sister wants nothing to do with the UCA. Uh, she's basically shut herself in that community off from everything. And so we need to get mama to her to try and, get things right so she can help the UCA out and we can complete our mission of connecting everybody. And in order to do that, um, mama's not able to travel with the baby uh, and they can't be apart. So uh, she basically has to let it go. Uh, The only way really to do that is to sever their connection. So she creates a a gadget that Sam can use to uh, essentially cut the umbilical cord, which will let the baby go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bonus to that is that it can also be used to fight BTs. Uh, so as you're sneaking through and you and you locate them, you can actually cut 
Uh, so the BTs are all connected to the other side through an umbilical cord as well. So when you cut that umbilical cord, they go away. You get rid of them, essentially. So, so it's a very uh, kind of sad sort of uh, tug on the heartstrings moment where you have to do the deed of uh, separating Mama and her baby. Um, but in doing so, that lets you get Mama up to her sister to um, get them reunited and back together and uh so you get her up there and it, it kind of kind of weird what happened so they're twin sisters and they were I, I believe they were joined together in the womb is that right yeah they uh they both were born with like dooms or whatever which are, yes uh gives them like the ability to like communicate with one another um is kind of the best they're like basically the same person in two bodies mm-hmm. i guess yeah really so they weird. yeah pretty much so so they basically say like you know one of them is the body the other is the soul right. so they are kind of two halves of the same coin uh if you will so i'm not sure what happened i don't know if i missed something but when you get mama up to mountain knot city she actually passes away mm-hmm. and they become one so it's you know when you're talking to to this person you know you're not sure if you're talking to mama or if you're talking to the sister yeah because they'll both kind of answer you simultaneously and they'll talk to sam simultaneously um but one of the night one of the things that you find out is that her body doesn't after she passed her body doesn't uh succumb to necrotize or whatever they call it it, it, yeah Mm -hmm. so um they... Then I guess as we go on to a uh, later chapter, well, I, yeah, that comes up later. But um, sorry, but yeah, so they, they kind of join they explain one... why her body doesn't necrotize. I don't think so. No. I know it was something that Hartman was was right gonna research because you bring um, but I, her body I don't... to to him to research, but they're never really. Yeah, I don't think there was any real payoff to that. Yeah, just that it's something that could benefit mankind in the future against yeah. um you know bts and i think even maybe time fall or something but um but yeah so that was essentially the chapter them kind of getting reunited and kind of reformed into a uh, singular body and uh it was just a really neat story arc i i think it was it was definitely off the wall but it um it was kind of cool the way it all sort of came together yeah i um when she died, I was like, oh, that, that kind of bummed me out. But then mm-hmm. realizing that her sister, I, I, her sister's name is Lochna. Um, That's it. Yeah. yeah. And she basically, through the remainder of the game, when it comes to the technician aspect of it, of building the tech and stuff, Lochna just basically takes over what Mama was doing exactly. for you. And they're voiced yeah. by the same, uh, they're basically the same person anyway. Yeah. So it's really like you're not really <laughs> losing out. But um, definitely yeah. a... a cool parts of the story i think yeah do you know why mama died was it just like a heartbreak thing or or what was it because she seemed totally fine and then you get i know it was kind of weird in that sense that yeah um it really escalated in my opinion of just like she was super happy to see her sister again there she's like like, chatting with you on the way there and then yeah i think it's like i don't know just like (sighs) maybe she willfully passed away so that she could be re 
join with her sister maybe, maybe yeah i that was something that i wasn't super clear on so yeah, yeah i couldn't say it's like all sure. of a sudden she's there and they're talking and now she's dying yeah like, what what the heck exactly happened? right <laughs> yeah it's... but i mean it Go all ahead. it all like came together pretty well i i think like, yeah that was just kind of the weird sort of thing that helped piece everything together yeah for sure um I guess moving on, I don't know exactly what chapter this happened, but uh, we can go in to talk a little bit about Hartman since I think he's basically the next kind of story beat you encounter. The next one that came after that was, it was Dead Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, was yeah. where he, he this was oh, a yeah, section totally, yeah. of the game that I actually really liked. He took BB away because mm-hmm. he had to be recalibrated. They uh, Sam and BB became too close. Close, yeah. So he had to recalibrate by taking... Uh, having it, having them be separated from each other, so that he could, uh, or so that BB could reattune to the um, kind of the being, other side. Yeah, basically. being brought, bought, oh, sorry, brought back to kind of like that middle line between right. like the living and the dead, right? Because yeah. the that bond between Sam actually gets to the point where I think Dead Man mentions that BB's like developing like an actual human now. Um, and, you know, if that happens, then that basically the whole purpose of this BB doesn't matter anymore, right? It won't be able right. to have that connection to the to the other side. So, um, yeah, so Dead Man, as we mentioned, is interesting because his body is kind of harvested from, uh, like, other people, I guess. And so he's, he's basically like a Frankenstein, essentially. Um, and, uh, yeah, his past is interesting. He doesn't have, like, no no wife, no children. Um, and that's kind of why it's kind of cool when he becomes, starts getting that connection to Sam. Um, and their relationship kind of... Because he starts um, in constantly, I guess, taking care of... When he had to reset BB and, and, and re- repair it, essentially... He starts kind of building a connection a little bit with BB, um, which is really cool. I again, one of the things when I was talking about earlier about Deadman having a, a connection to the story that I didn't think would happen is yeah, he gets really ingrained and cares for Sam, and and he basically he knows that there's something going on with Die Hard Man. He's totally he's kind of skeptical about um, trusting Die Hard Man and. It's interesting because he at the beginning of the game he he's one of these uh, UCA I, one of the bigger people in the UCA and then it, as it kind of progresses you he basically comes to you I don't know we can just I guess talk about that scene in the private room with the shower and everything <laughs> like that but he comes to you with and because um, because you're connected with your cufflink um, so basically Die Hard Man the UCA knows everything you're saying. It's recording all this stuff. And um, Die Hard Man, basically, <laughs> there's this scene where he takes you into the, the, your shower in one of the scenes. You're like, what is going on? This is yeah. so weird. <laughs> He's holding BB. And it's, I guess, the safest place for him to kind of tell him that, uh, you know, kind of, I guess he has concerns over Die Hard Man. Um, I don't know. I'm a little foggy on on this scene. I don't know if you have more, can add more to it. 
Yeah, I, I think it's pretty much just that he suspects that uh, Die Hard Man might have some ulterior motives and, and maybe doesn't know any specifics, but he wants to uh, kind of have some dialogue with Sam that just uh, is sort of off the record so that they can't uh, trace anything back, you know, with, with his suspicions or anything. So uh, that's really all it was. It was yeah. just kind of like a, hey, we need to watch out. Maybe we might not be able to trust him because of something that happened, but that he's still looking into it. So there really wasn't any like definitive information, just that like we might need to keep an eye on this guy or, or be cautious. For sure. It. Yeah. And it kind of breaks that, it, like it breaks it into, to now, okay, there, there, there's maybe something else going on there. And you, Sam starts to build that trust, I think more with dead man. And so there's kind of like, um, Kind of, kind of that whole subplot that starts to develop as the story progresses, I guess. Um, so yeah, he, I don't know. Do you have anything else more to say about Dead Man at this point, or? Um, not really Dead Man himself, but this was a very interesting chapter in that you don't have BB at this point, and the game has you oh, go yeah, through yeah. several different uh, outposts to connect to connect them to the chiral network. So uh, there's. BB or BT areas of plenty in this chapter, and yet you can't really traverse through them very safely because you don't have BB to sense them or to be able to see them. So really, the only way you can see a BT at this point is if you're like right next to the thing, and mm. at that point, you know it's it's kind of danger mode right there. So it was it was definitely a harder chapter, but it was very interesting. But at the same time, I felt like they had you going just everywhere like i felt like there's a lot of padding here mm -hmm. because there were so many different areas they wanted you to go to to connect to the network and all this and that and it's like you know maybe um you know i kind of get it you know going through that like they really wanted you i guess to play the game without bb maybe to make you appreciate it him yeah. more or something but um it, so it was it was both a little frustrating but also really interesting because it does change up the way that that you play and this was a chapter that i I used the hell out of some zip lines on. Too, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> no, me too. Because it was like going into an area of BTs was really, really difficult. Um, and yeah, it. I would say it definitely made the game more challenging in a certain respect, and it definitely made you appreciate how important BB <laughs> was to to the game and and to even just for the player, like traversing into the different areas and stuff. So I think it's. Uh, when you're taking on those missions, um, it, you eventually make your way back to Dead Man to get your BB back, and then that's when another storm happens. Yes. I guess, yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah. that's in the mountains, is it not? Yeah, yeah, which was really cool. One thing I did want to point out is the mountains were cool because you would get caught into these snowstorms that were just like basically reduced vis visibility to nothing. You couldn't even see where you're going, which is difficult when you don't know if you're going uphill, downhill, if you're going in the di right direction. The wind's blowing, so it's, um, you know, you have your <laughs> mad stack of packages on your back. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, it just, it's another, it was, again, it, I'll, I'll just say it now. It was definitely one of the my favorite moments in the game is when you come across that storm. It's like, oh, this is pretty bad. And then it gets worse to the point where mm -hmm. it's like, I have no idea yep. where I'm going. I have to use my compass to kind of see where my objective is and stuff. And, um yeah, it was cool because uh, just like rain time is time is time fall, so is the snow, and it's kind mm -hmm. of 
different in a way. Um, and it's just, it, it, it's so challenging to get through those storms and stuff. And I really, really liked it. Making your way to that, I guess, cabin or whatever that dead man's at. And you can see in the sky as you get closer that there's one of those cyclone tornado cloud things that you're like, oh crap, something's gonna, gonna happen here. And sure enough, you end up meeting up with uh, Mads again. His name's Clifford Unger. And I can't yeah. remember, uh, I think, is it the first time that you encounter or is it this time that he ends up getting that dog tag to kind of find out a little bit more about Mads? Yeah, it was, it was the second encounter Yeah, that you get it. So in this one, they go into now a World War II, I guess, yep. um, themed kind of I like nightmare world. And um, they uh, it, it's another kind of sequence where you're basically rinse and repeat the same thing from the first one of just coming across Mads, killing him, shooting him down, and then um, doing that. I guess I think it's like three times before you finally yeah. kill him. Um, yeah, not much story to those bits. They are really short chapters. Yeah, that, that's the one thing is there. It's the part of the game that is the most combat. Um, mm, for sure. They, And that's why it's so interesting. That's, I think, why I like them because it was like a nice break from everything else that was going on to get into something that was just like nothing, not like nothing else in the game. For, for that short period of time is really cool. You're going to a completely different environment. And um, yeah, I really, really like that aspect of it. Um, and then I guess you finally get BB. Oh yeah, that's the other thing is, uh, I guess Deadman gets brought into the Cyclone as well. Yes. Um, which in my opinion, one of my favorite scenes of the game, which would have been really cool never seeing the trailer, because this, I think, was the second trailer in for Death Stranding, and, and it's that trailer where Deadman is carrying the BB in the pod, and you see that it's like there's planes flying through the sky, and he goes to a bridge, and you see this tank roll over, and all these soldiers that are like skeletons and stuff, and um, you go down that tunnel, and then you see Mads... And with the, the black, like, ink or tar or whatever coming from his eyes and the cigarettes and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Like, it's just like, man, this is so cool. He's such, like, a <laughs> creepy character and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I I actually think if I'm – because I've, I've watched the trailer so many times. I think the actual in-game moment of that, they've added a couple more things or they've stretched it out a little more. But it's essentially that same kind of cut scene. Um so yeah, you eventually uh, reconnect up with Dead Man. You get out of there, um, and yeah, you get his dog tag, which is when you can kind of find out a little bit more about Clifford Unger and his role in the Bridge Baby situation. Why? What happened to him? Why does he want his BB back? And it sheds a little bit more light. You can kind of start putting the pieces together of those flashback scenes that you have with him from the perspective of the BB in the pod and him talking over his wife and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, basically you find out that he is, uh, this soldier, I guess, for the, the United States, uh, who served, I think he said he served in Iraq and maybe somewhere else. So he's more of like a modern 
day soldier like so that's why it was kind of weird that he has these world war one yeah. setting and this world war two right beach um so yeah another one of those sequences and then i think we get into heart man um yes yeah so i i kind of figured i i don't know if you pulled up the map and looked at it so i was pulling up the map just kind of looking through it and megan was watching me and she's like oh look that lake is shaped like a heart. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, okay, yeah, that's probably where he's located then. So it's funny when I looked at the map and I saw it, I'm like, that looks like a ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of upside down, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Clearly two different very perspe- different perspectives <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, so Hartman is a character that got his own trailer before release. So we kind of, that first that trailer is basically kind of your first interaction with him. It's kind of cool because you you make your way to Hartman's place and you see this big lake that's shaped like a heart and you see his house and it's like unlike any other structure you've come across because it's like a mansion almost. Like it's uh, not a mansion. It's not huge, but it's like... It's very nice. Very Very nice, nice yeah. (laughs) Both outside and inside, there's this nice staircase leading up to the door and you go in um, and there's a fireplace and stuff. So... Whereas everything else is very like post-apocalyptic and, you know, underground shelter kind of thing. This place is definitely not like that. Um, So, yeah, you go to Hartman to kind of get more and he kind of gives more explanation of beaches and dives into this whole explanation of like the, I guess the plot of Death Stranding and that is of like the the mass extinctions and talking about that... um, you know, that there's these things called extinction entities that are responsible for, I guess, basically making the world go extinct. And then what I, from what I gathered from the the previous five, there was always some, they weren't successful because like evolution continued to grow on and the world continued to go on even after five times. Right. So, um, yeah, and then we kind of get a little bit of Hartman's connection to all of this and the reason why he's going to die, he's he's kind of looking for his his family, I guess, like his right. uh wife and daughter or something like that. Um Yeah, I think he's he essentially wants to see if they're on a beach somewhere so that he can just join them on the beach. Mhm. Like he doesn't really want to keep living, he just wants to find them so he can be with them, I guess, in that kind of afterlife. Sort yeah of thing. yeah exactly so yeah you you kind of learn more about the beaches and how everyone has their own uh, that the war ones are that's like cliff cliffs beaches and fragile that she uses her beaches to to get around and um yeah you bring mama's corpse to hartman and then there was that gross looking umbilical cord in this little capsule thing that uh did you get the weird uh how they where they implied where that capsule was did you get pick up on that oh yeah yeah (laughs) very weird moment in the game i kind of forgot about that (laughs) yeah i i kind of forgot about it too but i i remember megan was sitting on the couch with me when that scene went and we both kind of looked at each other like are they implying what i think they're implying but um (laughs) Yeah, uh, another thing that's crazy is uh, Hartman has died, like, 
an absurd amount of times. Like he's been yeah. to the beaches, like I think it did like the hundreds of thousands, something like that. Yeah. Uh, of times to kind of go in there. So he, he's experienced it quite a bit and it's kind of cool in that scene. Cause you, you're in the, his place and he has all these like, you know, artifacts kind of thing in, in his like study. And he has all his movies that he watches and he'll just be talking. And then you hear like the countdown that he's about to die and all his rooms padded in case he dies and he's not on his little lounger thing. And, um, yeah, so he'll just be talking and you, you get to experience that where you're talking with him and he'll just die. And then you're just sitting there waiting for him to come back. You're kind of <laughs> looking around and you get likes as you kind of look at things. It's kind of a yeah. weird scene. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we learned, sorry, going back to that umbilical cord, uh, that it belonged to... Bridget Stan, I guess we can say at this point, because we're in spoilers, like Bridget died <laughs> at the beginning of the game. That's the corpse that you burn. Yeah. Um, and so they discover that this umbilical cord belonged to Bridget Stand, and it's they find out that it's some it has some sort of it's the key or something to the Death Stranding or something like that. Um and I think this is I don't know. Yeah, they might have explained in here, like you said, Mama's why she didn't, like, die or whatever, uh, or her body didn't necrotize. So, anyways, uh, let's move on. I don't know if you have anything else to say about Hartman. That's uh, I don't think so. No, okay. Uh, let's move on to, I guess, more of the end game stuff. So, you eventually make your way to West Knot, and this is where the game really shakes, shakes up. Uh, you go from delivering packages... And having that routine to now being kind of forced into more story beats and mm-hmm. going into areas and that it's, it's, it's unlike the rest of the game. So for you, as somebody who really enjoyed the delivery aspect, of it, when you get to West Nine, you have to, um, I don't know what they call that place where Higgs is at. Is that, like, you have to go through like the tar, I guess yes. that is West Knot when the, the it fine, is, yeah, yeah. Like- yeah. So, yeah, so you go into the tar, you fight, or you're trying to avoid some of the giant BT things, and then uh, you, I think you eventually run into what looks like Amelie, I think. Yeah. And uh, and then I think it ends up being Higgs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you wake up and you're on the other side of like that, because there's like a, a giant lake of tar, tar yeah that's creating like a moat around uh edge knot city mm-hmm. and um so the only way to get through it was to try and go through the tar and uh so after that i forget what exactly happened there you eventually like get sucked into the tar and then you like reconnect yes. i think and yeah. then mm-hmm. like you go into the scene reconnect your soul to your body and then that's when all of a sudden like you all the the big bt whales are triggered i think um mm-hmm. somewhere in there and then it's basically you use these buildings that are popping up out of the ground as a way to kind of get all the way to west knot city through the tards um and like diehard yeah. man kind of and and this sorry go ahead uh, I was just going to say, and th- this part of the game, like, really changes up what you've been doing. So, yeah, like, I loved all the uh, the traversal and the, the building and the exploration and um, the the delivery stuff. Yeah. And, and this game just takes all that away. Like, forget 
you ever did any of that stuff because you don't really touch it again for the rest of the game. Yeah. And that kind of upset me. Like I, I, I would have maybe rather the story was kind of put in a little bit more in between mm-hmm. and maybe would have liked to uh, explore more of like the Western part of the, the country and, and the surrounding of, of Edgenaut city and do some of the, the, like the other gameplay stuff we've been doing up to this point but it ends up turning very uh story heavy like you said but also very combat heavy yeah and it's like the game had some sort of identity crisis and what they wanted it to be and it was like a completely different game mm-hmm. um so i wasn't i wasn't real fond of the ends um just partly because of that and also the 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 story just gets you go further down the rabbit hole and things get more confusing before they start making sense. And even though some of it makes sense, it still doesn't really. Yeah. Um, so the ending was kind of a sore spot for me, but um, it was still entertaining. Yeah. Um, I still wanted to see what happened in the end, but, um, but yeah. So yeah. Anyway, continue on with, yeah. with uh, chapter. <laughs> I, I, before I, I do, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Cause I, I felt the same, maybe not to, I wasn't, like totally upset over it. Like not saying that you were, but like, I, I don't think I, I noticed it as much as you did looking back on it. I, I can totally see that. But then thinking about it, it's like, yeah, there were moments in that. It's like, man, I just want to get back to the delivering package. Right. I really enjoyed that. Um, but I think I was so, I like, there are certain things like when you, you finally reach Higgs and you find that basically this was kind of kind of like a setup in a sort certain way that um mm-hmm. Higgs was um Higgs was planning on using Amelie to kind kind of merge all of mankind's beaches to get into a single one to kind of trigger the last death stranding. Um the the final sixth extinct ex- extinction um and so then that there right after that there's kind of like your boss fight that's when you come across this big huge bt that um you see in the very beginning of the game when you're going to dispose the corpse and you kind of experience that void out you see this big like it's basically like a human um with these weird like tentacle type hands and yeah so you you encounter this big boss fight amelie's kind of like attached to this thing and you have to shoot it you get things like now you get rocket launchers grenade launchers so Mm -hmm. like you said it definitely gets into combat heavy at this (laughs) point um i didn't find the boss overly difficult in any means like right none of the combat was really that tough in the game um you you know you just basically there would be certain spots that i don't know if there was weak spots or something i just kind of shot like wherever was red there was some sometimes that or if there was like gold spots like yeah so you would see um there were you could see higgs um kind of popping out right, certain yeah, yeah. body parts and those were i guess essentially the weak spots or the spots where you would do the most damage so um i just focused wherever i could see higgs and then i would just um try and get as many shots into that part as i could until he uh moved to another part yeah yeah so eventually you take it down um, but Higgs takes Amelie to a beach or whatever. Um, and then you use Fragile to meet back up with them and you go 
through like a final showdown with Higgs. And there's the first kind of, there's kind of two portions, I guess, to this Higgs fight. Cause now you're not, you're actually fighting Higgs. You're not fighting this big BT. Um, so he's kind of doing his like, uh, teleportion type thing. Um, you don't have any guns or anything like that. You basically, I don't know. There's a couple of ways I found out that you could defeat him. You could use melee. Um, you could use, there was like ruined cargo scattered on the beach yeah. that you could pick up and hit him with, or you could kind of just like sneak up behind him, parry his attack, and then uh, like use your your rope to tie him up. How did you gotcha. go go about beating him? I personally grabbed the ruined cargo and then I threw it at him to stun him, and then I would run up and punch him, uh, oh, okay. and do like a melee combo. Interesting, yeah. I it was cool hearing. I I, I listened to I think it was IGN's Death Stranding episode and they were talking a little bit about this and how each one of them kind of had a different way of doing it i didn't even use any of the cargo i didn't even punch him i just would uh kind of wait for him to like reload his gun and i kind of go up to him and he would try to hit me and then you can kind of like parry and then you have your rope equipped and then you can quickly tie him up and then you just kick the shit out of him <laughs> and then he eventually like teleports again and then i just repeated that several times so um, kind of cool that it gives you a couple different options of yeah. how to beat them. And then it goes into something really weird that was like totally unexpected. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. And it's like this, you just enter like street fighter or something right. like you got yeah, your it's like a fighting game. now. <laughs> yeah. It has like Sam and then Higgs, like health bars at the top of the screen. And you're now into this like side perspective of fighting each other. So you're punching and, and doing all that. And then there'll be these like slow motion moments where you're like punching Higgs in the face, like slow mo. (laughs) His face is like um, being like pushed to the side. Yeah, it's it's kind of like like, when you see like some sort of boxing thing in slow motion. Someone (laughs) gets hit in the mouth and you see like the the slobber and everything. Slobber, yeah, exactly. The jaw kind of dislocates or Yeah. So I really weird. I still kind of liked it because it was just like what the heck just and there was a lot of weird like breaking the fourth wall in a certain sense they like they mentioned like game over and like Mm -hmm. really video gamey type stuff which was really kind of weird and out of place in a certain respect um but i think it kind of matched like the zaniness of higgs and how he was kind of definitely like that was kind of what his character was but um yeah very cliche like it was almost like they were making fun of like those things that final bosses say. It's like, it's but like it's game over for you and and that kind yep. of stuff. So, um, yeah, you eventually uh, beat him up, and then Fragile shows up, and then you leave the fate to Fragile. And I can't remember. I think she says afterwards what she did with him. Did do you remember what she ended up doing with him? Yeah, she um. She spared him, and I don't remember after that. I forget. Yeah, I forget what she said after that. Yeah, beats me. But but yeah, she she doesn't pull the trigger. She doesn't kill him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when she came in, she she brought BB with her. Right. Yeah. And uh, then she was gonna get her revenge on on Higgs, but that was about the time you run into Amelie as well. Hmm. Um, so there's one scene with Amelie and then there's the sequence of you getting back to West or capital, not city. Cause you got to 
fragile I can't remember what happens to Friday, but well, I guess, okay, there's a scene where you're on the beach with Amelie now and she, she basically lied to you, um, yeah. uh, is, is one way of putting it. We can talk a little bit more about that, I think, in the last scene of the game, um, but there, you know, uh, Cliff ends up coming onto the beach and so does Die Hard Man and... Um, I think Die Hard Man, like, there's, a, like, you're, like, what's going on here? And eventually... Because yeah, Bridget is there, too. Yeah. Died, you know, pretty much first thing in, in the beginning of the story. Yeah. And I think that's the first point in the... Well, I think people could probably have made the assumption at some point. There's probably some people that didn't see it. Some people that were like, oh, yeah, I'm not surprised that yeah, um, sure. Bridget and Amelie are basically the same person. But when you're with Amelie and then all of a sudden Bridget's on there, you're like, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you eventually uh, wake up, I think, once you, you get shoved off into the water, you wake up into the room. And, um, yeah, you make your way back east, I guess, um, to deliver what's her name fragile her her bugs the big case of bugs i think is what, what you're delivering um which is weird because then you bring it yeah to so her. she was she was teleporting everyone to capital knots right and yeah it, it like took a toll on her what system was that? oh yeah sorry there's a couple a little bit of connection issues um the yeah you bring her to this case back because she she's her body's taking a toll on on all this and uh she eats one bug <laughs> like after carrying all these things. But anyways, before <laughs> you get there, as you kind of get, you see another big cyclone tornado right out of capital, not say, and I will say that the time fall is much more rampant. So getting back to capital, not city is really difficult. Um, mm -hmm. in terms of there's more BT areas. You came across these things in West not city, these like kind of like black jellyfish type things in the sky that are kind of, you encounter, um, right out of Port Knot City, there's this, uh, the game kind of, the palette changes a bit and it's like kind of red almost, which is really neat. And then eventually you trigger, right. what now, what's first, the, the whale or the, I think the Clifford scene is first, is it not? Yes. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. you have another battle with Clifford and this time you're in like Vietnam or something like that and then you kind of find out you, you kind of beat him in a certain sense and find out that he's kind of not as bad of a guy as he came across you're kind of learning a little bit more about him and again we'll go over that here in a bit uh you make it back uh then you encounter this I guess final boss in a certain way and right yeah. outside of uh, Capital Knot City, and it's this giant whale. Now, did you see this whale before you encountered it in the game, like in online or anything like that? No. So I, I read that there was a sub. This was posted in a couple reviews, or which is weird because I think reviews were embargoed, but there were some things that got out there on the day that it launched, and I saw the whale like before I actually encountered it. So I knew at some point I'd see it. So it wasn't quite as amazing, but it's this BT is huge. It's like this, it's like yeah. you're playing like shadow of the Colossus all of a sudden. <laughs> right, and <yep>. like <laughs> this giant whale is like fought, like swimming through the sky and you have, um, 
basically just take it down with like rocket launchers and similar kind of fight Mm -hmm. as the the one with higgs the big human type bt that you basically just continue shooting until you die uh until it dies and even if you die you can just jump back in so um any thoughts about that again not a real difficult fight either i mean (laughs) the the game supplies you with plenty of of ammo and weapons during the battle that it's not not overly difficult by any means i think the the biggest thing for me is the package i was carrying was pretty much it was nearly destroyed by the time (laughs) everything was all said and done yeah yeah i i think i ended up getting caught in its its path a couple times when it like slams down on top of you and uh i think i died again you don't really die but like once or twice maybe um it's it's really i one thing i never understood is how there's like uh it's like a silhouette a weird like greenish blue silhouette of like sam like throwing things that like from other players that are like throwing you supplies do you know how that happens and like what triggers those i have no idea i i'm not sure either because i wanted to you know if there was a way for me to give items to other players in the same same area i wanted to be able to do it but i'm not sure how that's done like i'm maybe it's just done automatically i'm not sure yeah it's it's hard to say um i'm gonna look into that because that was one thing i was interested in but anyways you get back to capital not city and you give uh or yeah you give you basically go go back to the beach i guess um to prevent amelie from initiating the final strand because you find out she is this extinction entity um and then i guess the bigger reveal in this game is more of the the story about sam and his connection to amelie so i don't know if you want to take the reins here and talk a little bit about the reveal of how sam came to be with amelie and bridget and his connection to cliff and everything like that yeah so um so i'm I'm trying to think the order that it kind of gives yeah that's one i'm really fuzzy Um, about i think the first thing is uh you go to the beach and she's wanting to to go through with this extinction and you're kind of talking to her then um, right to try and prevent it from happening yeah she essentially gives you a choice to um even though you don't really have a choice in the game but she's presenting sam with the choice of hey stay on the beach and and we can be together and we can just watch this thing happen and and then she's like, or you can take this gun and you can stop me and, and shoot me down, which if you play and you try and shoot her does not work. Yeah. The gun is ineffective. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so if you were trying to do that and take her down, or if you were just trying to wait there with her, either way, it basically ends up making you restart that. Like it almost kind of like you, you die and respawn sort of, and it just puts you right back where she's handing you the gun. So uh, you essentially have to come up behind her and give her a hug. Yeah. And then she's, you know, I guess at that point, I guess it's kind of a change of heart on her part, I guess. Because he kind of basically, like, Sam explains to her um, that, I don't know, that through, I guess, again, it's kind of this weird thing of, like, Sam's now a different person and... um, he's 
I guess like he he reminds Amelie that the bonds between people are like important and everything like that and I think that kind of convinces her to to not go through with it or whatever um yes she basically says she's gonna seal herself away on the beach um so he won't go to see her again but she's not going to go through with the extinction but still put out this inevitable it will come around whether it's tomorrow or next week or you know a hundred thousand years um that you know it's still gonna happen because it's happened before and you know it's an inevitable type of thing but yeah um seal her away you know it would it would stay for as long as possible i guess yeah um before we, i i wanted to ask you at this moment with uh the the kind of fake choice how how long did it take you to figure out that you had to like hug her <laughs> it took me a while um <laughs> i would say probably oh man um maybe five or six tries <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because i i was there were times where i was like right up like in her face like there was times where i was i, I ended up getting in front of her a lot yeah and what you had to do is get behind her like right behind her and then you get prompted to do the thing well for right. me I, w- I would either try and shoot her in the back or i got in front tried to shoot her in the front i tried just walking beside her i tried walking in front of her and then finally eventually i got up behind her and it gave me the prompt and yeah. i did it and i'm like oh well that was super unclear like, <laughs> yeah it, it was for sure because i was in the same boat of like shooting her then just seeing what happens and it's like okay that doesn't work i tried shooting her necklace in the front i tried shooting her in the face <laughs> I like <laughs> it was yeah around the sixth or seventh try that uh i finally the prompt showed up i don't know what yeah. it was that all of a sudden triggered it it should have been triggered more easily i think but yeah i, I was also kind of disappointed that's like i thought this was going to be they really make it sound like, okay, here's the choice. This game's going right. to have two endings. It just could end right here or, and you could have it at that, which I guess it kind of does. And then it's like, okay, here's what would happen if it doesn't. Cause I guess if it is the ending, everything just dies, but I wanted right. some sort of like cutscene of, okay, what ha- happens with Amelie now and, and Sam watching this happen and um, having a resolution with that. And then also having the ending that is the ending of the game, having those two kinds of things would have been kind of cool in my opinion. Um, yeah, the, the fake choice there just kind of was weird to me. I didn't really care for it. Um, so yeah, after all this, like, this is kind of when a lot of the Bridget Amelie things explain to you where you see these kind of cutscenes on the, not cutscenes, but like, um, you know, scenes taking place on the beach of, you know, Bridget in her hospital bed talking about, you know, uh, you know, how when Bridget is going through cancer and everything like that and her connection to that world is making it more difficult and everything. And then, um, yeah, so you see all that. And then eventually uh, you basically run around the beach for like a freaking long ass time dude that part sucks. <laughs> it did i didn't i didn't care for it i know <laughs> it went on way too long in my it opinion really too. Did. like it was like okay let's go here i want to i kept telling meg like we we're gonna watch um 
a movie and i was like okay i'm almost i'm at the end of the game and yeah. it just she's like oh when will this game and i'm like i know like i'm sorry it just keeps going because you walk around and she like tells you kind of her story and then there's i think that's roughly when credits roll because there's yeah. like a sequence where you kind of run around and then like it triggers things and then there's another sequence where um you uh like you're blue when does that happen like <laughs> the so i think that's part of the uh the the final one of the final memory scenes right with the with bb yeah um it, the the part where he puts the gun to his head uh it was in the trailer. It was like, I think it was the launch, the release date trailer. One of the bigger trailers we got this year, I think where he, he's like, and he kneels down and he puts the gun to his head or whatever. And it says like death stranding, but then it's still not over after yeah. that. Like it goes on. Cause, cause you know, like, okay, well what's, what's going on with Mads and, and Cliff and that story thing. Yep. So it was weird that they kind of wrapped it up in two different ways like that like it, it 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 does like you point like it says that the and we we both know kojima's not known for having the greatest stories of it being super super sensical and something that connects really well together he's had even lots of metal gear like look at the metal gear series right like right. there's so much going on there and you can see, like, he's not, I don't think he's the strongest writer, in my opinion, but, um, because there's so many things that are thrown in there that don't really work out, but anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll speed through this last bit so we can kind of get into final thoughts and stuff, but basically, you find out that, and it sucks because I looked up Sam's character because I was like, okay, so I just want to make sure he because this wasn't quite explained yet. I'm like, so was Bridget like his mom? And I was looking it up and then I looked up on a, like a wiki page and then it was like father cliff. I'm like, damn it. And I spoiled it probably like 15 minutes yeah. before I <laughs> encountered it. So I wasn't that upset because it That's was like funny. whatever. And I remember seeing people think uh, that was a theory back before the game even got a release date in trailers. People were, I think it was that trailer when we see Mads talking to the BB and stuff like that of people speculating, oh, ends if Sam's the BB. There's always that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, it turns out that this BB that Cliff was looking for wasn't the BB you had, but it was it was actually you. You were right. Sam's kid. And so you get this big uh, flashback scene um, where you kind of find out um, that Die Hard Man and his connection to you, and he actually was trying to save mads and be like or cliff i guess and hey i'll i'll cover you as you kind of escape here with bb but then you get caught and in the process uh bridget goes to shoot cliff and ends up hitting sam um and sam dies she goes to the beach and basically saves him and i think that's what kind of makes him a repent patriate or whatever mm. um where he doesn't die i think that that kind of is how that's explained and stuff um so yeah and then in kind of like the post plots um it's like die hard becomes a new president of the uca he had a really i thought um is it tommy lee J 
Jenkins or is that the actor's name? I can never remember his yeah, name. I'm pretty sure that's it. His scene there at the end with Sam when he's talking to him outside of the room after the like inauguration speech, um, I thought was really performed really, really well. I it thought, really was, yeah. yeah I thought that was awesome. one of the best uh, acted scenes in the whole game, actually. Um, so, yeah, you get uh, BB back, uh, Lou, um, but... Lou is dead, and so, um, basically, because he's dead, like, you gotta go burn BB to prevent another void out, so, and he kind of tells him, like, hey, man, like, you could take him out of the pod and see what happens, and, (laughs) (laughs) but if you do that, it'd be in violation of the UCA and stuff, and he's like, but you could try it if you want, and like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, (laughs) and so he goes, and and rather, he burns his, like, handcuff thing, and takes BB out, and in doing so, he's actually able to bring Lou back to life, and then, so you kind of just assume that he's free from the UCA, and he's gonna go live a life with, uh, with Lou, and... Yeah, I th- that's basically the game, I guess. Yep. Um, and then the post-credit scene after that, because there's another set of credits. Um, yeah, yeah. There, he says, <laughs> he calls it the BB Louise, so implying right. that BB's a girl. Um, so, yeah, that's Death Stranding, I guess. We stumbled through explaining it, but it's <laughs> it's one of those games that's just like, as you can see, it's it's kind of uh, all over the place in terms of lots of things, but I think that's a lot of reasons why people people really like it. So, Adam, uh, why don't before we give our final thoughts and stuff, I want let's go back and forth of just giving some favorite moments that we experienced uh, in the game. Okay. Uh, so for one of mine, um, I had mentioned it earlier, is, uh, as you're kind of coming out of a, a BT area on your way to Port Knot City, and um, you're kind of going down a very steep, like hilly slope, and you can kind of see Port Knot City off in the distance, and you hear one of the one of the songs kick in, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you just got out of this really tense moment, and the song comes on, and it's just like, you, you know, you you see your destination, and it's like, just a very like beautiful vista you see you, you can see so far out yeah see a lot of stuff and that was just like a great moment like it was just it just looked so good um and the the timing of the music was perfect and yeah it all just came together into like one really really great moment yeah yeah like like we said earlier definitely a highlight of the game and how they implemented that music into how you progressed in the map and stuff like that was really really neat my favorite one i guess the first one i'll mention i which i already mentioned was yeah chapter four was really cool because it it just was it was cool because the review was embargoed to up to chapter three right you could talk about chapter three but anything past that you couldn't talk about and so Mm -hmm. that was the biggest mystery in leading up to Death Stranding's launch is, okay, what's the rest of the game look like? And although there were some things in the last little bit that we weren't fans of, I I do think that first chapter of just totally throwing you in there um, unexpectedly, like it was really, really neat. And just for the same reasons of um, that I mentioned, of just it being like nothing else and uh, the screams and the gunfire that's going on and this, 
the suspense of, you know, have been hunted down by, by cliff through the trenches and stuff like that was really cool. It, and, uh, yeah, I would have to say that was my first real moment in the game that really wowed me. So mm. how about, uh, another one? Uh, next one for me, I think is, I'd say a lot of the time that you spend up in the mountains, but then maybe specifically that time where you hit that blizzard and you're trying to make it up to totally. the, the next uh, outpost and, you know, you can't see where you're going, but you think you're going the right direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just trying to traverse through that area. And, and I mean, your your stamina is just like dropping like crazy. And it's like, am I even going to make it to this place? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that was that was just really cool. And I mean, again, too, like the whole time you're up in the mountains, because it just adds like this whole new layer to, to what you've been doing. And, um, you know, and, and then, of course, at that point, you have more traversal options like the zip line. You get the all terrain skeleton, which helps you walk uh, right, up yeah. the steep hills and through the snow. And um, so it, it just created a, a really new kind of unique um you know area to explore Mm -hmm. and um you know kind of get through and and traverse and yeah strategize so i thought that was really cool yeah no i i agree like i said earlier it was one of my favorite moments as well of just how it it felt it was crazy i remember i was it was late at night i think meg had gone to bed it was probably like 12 31 in the morning i was still playing and i was just like freaking out because i was like oh my gosh this is crazy the storm keeps getting more and more intense and it's like something that we had yet to experience in the game and so experiencing it for the first time was really really neat um uh yeah i I guess even to a certain extent uh coming just in general coming across terrains that we hadn't seen before for the first time was just really cool like i said going into that forest by the wind farm Mm -hmm. for the first time early in the game was cool you know going into the the really really rocky area where you had you cannot ride a vehicle through there you have to like basically (laughs) climb over rocks and then you know there's these uh i remember getting stuck down in one of the like canyon ravine type things um and getting caught by mules and mules climbing down there and like trying to get out of that like it was like a maze running through these tight like little corridors uh trying to find because i had no ladders left so i'm like i need to find somebody's ladder or rope that they've put up so that i can (laughs) get up and then i found one and i was trying to climb up the rope and then mules were throwing their spears at me and i would fall down to the ground i'm like crap i need to just take these guys out and so yeah it it basically i i I was surprised at the variety in the environments because it in the trailers like that first area of the grassy you know hilly rocky mountain area is kind of what they showed off and so when you get to like you know the junk dealer and it's like it's like you're on mars almost it's all red and and dirty and dusty and then the mountain area and then even uh closer to west knot city where there's uh like toxic gas and stuff um where you have to wear your oxygen mask to go through certain areas like it's it's just way more diverse than i expected so i really like that do you have a a final final favorite moment yeah i would say for for me maybe the final one would be um and i don't know if this is something that a lot of people knew already from like 
maybe from reviews or maybe during trailers or whatever, but I didn't see, I didn't see all the trailers and I didn't see all the gameplay going into this game. But uh, when you get to uh, Port Knot City and you're about to take the boat over to um, Lake Knot City mm-hmm. and you, you encounter Higgs and then he basically, he summons a giant squid like BT for you to fight. And I had no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cause I, I tried to actually escape the area. Like I had done the last time I got attacked by BTs and that didn't work. There's sort of invisible walls that keep you from getting out of the, the area. So I'm like, okay, I guess, I guess I have to fight this thing. And yeah. you know, I had a couple packs of grenades, so I'm using the grenades on it. And then all of a sudden I see like the, you know, the other like silhouettes, I guess other players or whatever kind of thrown out other grenades Supplies, and blood packs yeah. and stuff. And, um, so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm fighting this thing. And, you know, I just did as best I could, you know, climbing on the buildings and stuff that were popping up. And I'm like, just kind of like, oh my God, like that was way different than anything else I'd done so far and like right, way yeah. different than anything I expected to happen in this game. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a, it was just crazy. It was intense and, you know, fun too. So, yeah. Yeah. The first time they show really showed that off, I think was during Tokyo Game Show. Um, which a lot of people didn't catch because it was all in Japanese, obviously, and wasn't till I was one of those weird people that <laughs> watched the entire thing before subtitles were released and just to kind of see, not really knowing what was going on. Um, and yeah, they showed that off, and I was like, man, this is the first time that they had really shown uh, like combats because before that, all the trailers were, yeah, that joking it's a walking simulator your fedex delivery guy or whatever (laughs) and i'm like wow there is more to this game um so yeah it it, i my favorite part of that i think was the final like whale boss um just being like not not because it was difficult or challenging or i just felt that it was kind of more unique than the other bosses in a certain sense um it, it it just it felt like i even though I was trying to shoot it and take it down, it like it, it gave me feelings like I was playing Shadow of the Colossus of just mm-hmm. like, you know, how, dealing with this big gigantic enemy that's flying above you and everything like that. It's just like the, you know, you're, it is it, it, you're just trying to wrap your head around. Okay, how can I take this out? And then when I kind of find out, all I got to really do is stand on this building over here in the corner and just continuously shoot rockets at it <laughs> and kind of take it down. It's like, okay, it's not, not quite as like challenging as trying to jump on a Colossus while it's moving, moving in the air or whatever. And, and trying to kill it that way. It was um, definitely not that difficult, but just seeing it. And I think it was a, a good, a, a big enough good, like, again, some people in the final bosses look for something really challenging. Cause that's the, you're, you've spent all these hours training and basically working on on your skills to then apply them to this final boss, right? That's usually how video games go. So I was a little disappointed that it wasn't like that, but it still, I think, was it wasn't a disappointing final boss, I guess, just mm-hmm. because of the atmosphere it created and everything. So right, yeah, cool. Um, so one other question before. I want to go is what are your thoughts about Kojima continuing the, do you think will like he'll continue this death stranding IP? Would you prefer him to go back to like a metal gear? Do you want him 
uh, he's teased that he's maybe looking at horror. Like, what what would you want next, Kojima's next game to be? I think I would be interested if if he pursued the uh, like something in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not a huge I, like I'm not huge into horror games, but like, um, I found this game really interesting because of some of like you know with the BTS and everything. It was kind of like a little kind of spooky element to it. And uh, I really like that. So I could just imagine. And I also played PT as well. Uh, the PT demo that came out way back when he was supposed to be doing work for Silent Hills. Yeah. Um, and th- that was spooky as hell. Um, I don't get spooked super easy, but man, I'm playing that game. I'm like, I'm like, I don't even want to take another step in this hallway because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think he could definitely make a really good horror game. Um, I, I'm not so sure I would want him to make another death stranding game. Yeah. Uh, just because I think the mechanics and everything now that it's been done, I just don't know that it would be as interesting in a second game. Um, and, and again, I think the story kind of ended well enough. It kind of like a, kind of like a last of us thing. Like that game didn't really need a sequel. I think it ended well enough that it, you know, it could have just been left alone and been perfectly fine, uh, in the pantheon of great games. But, um, I mean, like I said, I'm obviously going to get the second Last of Us, but um, a second Death Stranding, I'm I'm not so sure I would pick up. As much fun as I had with it, I just don't know that the gameplay would be as um, as groundbreaking, you know, a second time around. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think it, it should be one of those things that it's on its own. Um, I don't need a sequel to see what Sam and his daughter get up to or what if something else comes into play, you know, 10, 10 years down the road or, okay, if this was happening in the U S what's happening over in Europe or something like that. Like, I don't, I think this story's fine where it's at. Um, I mean, if they wanted to do like a prequel TV show or something like that, yeah, that'd be or interesting. A movie maybe. Or a movie. You know, Kojima's talked about wanting to work on movies um, and is planning on doing that with Kojima project production. So, I just, it's, I'm glad that like he's gotten his first game out um, now that he's on his own. Yeah. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what else he'll be able to do now that they've, they're probably reaping the rewards that Death Stranding brought them, bringing in lots of money. I hope that they can do something of like, you know, I think they have like 200 staff or something like that of being able to split into teams of like, okay, this person's, you know, just like Naughty Dog, we got Uncharted going on and then we got Last of Us going on. Something. Something like that where maybe there's another team working on some smaller experiences like, yeah, we have Kojima kind of overseeing a horror game that's maybe six to eight hours long um, and that isn't going to take three to five years to come out, right? You know what I mean? Something like that would be really cool. Um, And him being such a movie buff and watching a lot of movies and watching horror movies, I think that's how he's able to how he made pt so scary so if he could do mm-hmm. that on a bigger scale that'd be really really cool to see um yeah i was one of those that's one of the reasons why i was interested in death stranding because it was like oh i i was really looking forward towards silent hills and then when that got canceled and then this was i'm like okay it's probably not going to be anything like this which it obviously isn't but <laughs> um at least we can kind of, i'm sure there was some sort of thing ideas that he may have brought over that he had kind of visualized whether it was the BTs or whatever of some, some sort of thing that he, so just continuing, I think he has a a knack for, for horror spooky things. So that'd be really cool. And 
he made that tweet a couple days ago saying that he was watching this movie while he was working on PT or, or sorry, sorry, on silent Hills. And, um, that he's, I think that he didn't like directly say, Hey, my next game's going to be a horror game. But he's like, in order to make horror games, I've gone back to watching horror movies. It's like, okay, hopefully that means something, but right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause time will tell. Uh, and it'll also be interesting to see what happens with death stranding from now and to when it launches on PC, when this launches mm-hmm. on PC, man, I can't wait to see like mods and stuff like that, that people oh, come yeah. up with, right? Like <laughs> it's just going to be crazy. The things that they're going to implement into the game. Like you should just think of grand theft auto and right. any, any game that was on console for a while, then making its way onto PC and just people going crazy, <laughs> making the craziest things. So it'll be interesting. Um, all right. So I, I think we've gone over our final thoughts uh enough we've like i i really like death stranding it was a a solid game i constantly want to wanted to play it um when i wasn't playing it, it had that effect of like i i'm thinking of nothing else but going back home and playing it um i was really lucky that i had some time off it was unfortunate that disney plus came out at the same time yeah, because that yeah. distracted me a lot but um <laughs> still got through it still i think i because I went, I did play a little bit more post game uh, of going back delivering packages, and I do actually want to go back in there and and find all the other uh, places that you can connect to the Carol Network. Like I, I found Jeff Keeley, a Ludens fan, connected him up. He was in a really obvious place. I don't know how he was like in between Capital Knot and the distribution center, uh, oh, like no on the side of a hill. And basically, if you go up towards him uh it will like you'll on your compass or it'll show like a lost package for ludens fans it's like really not that far away from his area and um you grab the package and then you can go up there and all it does is just unlock a a small portion up to the chiral network but um Hmm. yeah there's apparently i looked up and there's a ton of uh there's i think like seven or eight places after that are you you don't actually trigger them through delivering like you find them on your own kind of thing so i may do go back and do that but Mm -hmm. um yeah we'll see so uh anything else you want to mention before we give this a game a, a score um, it just, you know, I'm, I'm glad I ended up playing it. I'm glad I, I gave it a shot and that I, you know, made a total 180 on what I thought <laughs> yeah. my impressions were going to be on it. Cause it was just a lot of fun. Um, the beginning story beats were awesome. The, the gameplay was pretty awesome throughout most of it, you know, up until like that chapter nine, where it kind of, kind of fell off for me a little bit in terms of the gameplay and the story. But, um, you know, if you, you know, someone wants a great gameplay experience, like it's, it's definitely worth a shot. Like the, um, you know, the, just the, the structures, the building, the exploration, the traversal, all the things you can do, the interactions with other players that you, you kind of have throughout, like it's, it's a really great game. And, you know, even if you make it through chapter eight, you know, and you got all the game, like the, the majority of like the gameplay and, and everything then you know if you hated the story then you could stop there really if you mm-hmm. wanted to yeah um but yeah i mean in, in the end i'm glad i finished it i'm glad i saw the the remainder of the story because the the, the payoff at the end was was pretty decent so. yeah 
yeah, it wasn't a terrible ending by any means. It was, I think it was good. Could it have been better in certain parts for sure? Um, but overall, I, I was satisfied after completing it. And yeah, I, I, I would recommend it as well. I think it is a game that some people argue it's like, oh, well, it's only for a certain type of people. But I honestly think like, like you, you know, like having an initial impression of it, of just being one thing and then getting in and realizing, oh, I actually like doing this. That there's something about it that I find entertaining. You know, I encourage people to do that. Obviously, I, I understand if it's a matter of, oh, I don't want to drop full price on a game for something that I don't know if I'm going to like you know this game will go on sale eventually pick it up then and try it out for yourself and yeah it's it's it is the reviews were accurate it's a very divisive game you're either going to really like it or you're just it's not going to mesh with you at all there's i there's very rare in between i think yeah um, <laughs> yeah it's uh hearing people talk about it um uh, listening to other reviews and reading online that seems to be but for those people that are just hating on it for the sake of hating on it because it looks like something and looks boring or whatever they're going off of IGN's review or something like it, it is one of those things that I think you need to take a little deeper dive into and clearly as today we're 155 minutes in and we've both put like 40 some hours into the game maybe 50 hours and we still have a trouble connecting that like there that is part of the game and so you either accept that or you don't so that's my my closing remarks for that so adam out of 10 what would you give death stranding if you had to give it a score i think i would probably score this at like an 8.7 ish nice. okay yeah that's that's pretty good that was it's higher than i thought you would give it um i thought you would give it maybe like uh as high as an eight but that, that's pretty good I, I myself would just a little higher. I would just give it a straight nine out of 10. Uh, it's not a 10 out of 10 by any means. Um, for me, like a 10 out of 10 was like Red Dead Redemption. Like I, that was a game I had very little issue about personally. I really liked it. This game, there were still things I didn't like about it. Um, and like, like I've gone over. So a nine out of 10, I think is fair. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a contender for me for, game game of the year um i still have yet to beat jedi fallen order but as of last night playing it a little bit even after going through an update another update i'm still experiencing some pretty bad (laughs) issues so i don't know if some of those updates are triggering other bugs to come out but like i'm now getting into the point where i walk into an a room or something and it will like just freeze and it's like loading the area and i've had Mm -hmm. to wait uh, 45 seconds to a minute while playing in game for it to boot it like get back into it and and stop in game loading or whatever um, was that on Kashyyyk by chance yes it was yeah yep so <laughs> i i figure because of that especially the outdoor areas with them being bigger and a lot more things to to load i guess that that makes sense so i'm giving it a pass for that but it's just like it's so hard from going from death stranding to to yeah. that game that's I want to love it so much because, but there's things that are interrupting it too much and it's annoying to me, but, um, I'm more, I'm more than halfway now. I should next week on our show, I should, uh, have completed and have some more final thoughts. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit more, uh, come game awards talk, uh, and then also giving our own game of the year stuff. So, all right, uh, this has been the Death Stranding review 
episode for Games Are Fun. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this another big, long episode. Um, something that we want to do moving forward is maybe with bigger releases. I could see us doing this with something like uh, Final Fantasy VII down the road or Cyberpunk. Um, just doing episodes devoted to talking solely about that and... Uh, being able to give our reviews for that. So if you guys enjoyed this kind of episode, make sure you let us know by uh, commenting, sharing, subscribing, all that jazz. Hit us up on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod or Facebook. Just search for Games Are Fun or hit us up directly. Um, speaking of that, Adam, where can people find you? Uh, you can get me um, on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. Great. And you can hit me up at Luke Allen Arm. Let us know what you think of the episode and... Yeah, we look forward to hearing some of your thoughts. I thought about it too late. I made a post, I think, yesterday saying like, hey, if any of you guys have Death Stranding questions, put them in. But it was much, much too late for for that. Um, but maybe we'll try to do that next time. So we have, you know, people questions or, or that kind of stuff for these review episodes. Um, just a reminder that you have one more week to submit your question of the week um we're skipping it this week it's last week's question was issued it was do you watch the game awards um and if you do do you watch them for the game announcements or do you watch them to find out you know who wins the awards um and then if you don't watch the game awards why not um interested in hearing what you have to say you can respond games are fun wait yeah games are fun podcast at gmail.com or just hit us up on twitter or facebook all right Thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back at you hopefully in the next week, maybe Tuesday. We'll see how things go. Um, but regardless, we will talk to you guys soon. See you later.